So, all right, uh, Humanity First is back. Uh, Kronos is here along with... Money Man! And... K-Mac! K-Mac. And this is really cool for K-Mac to be back. Um, for those not familiar with uh, the Black on the Black Times Infinity podcast or the Ben App Production like, podcast whole like deal, uh, K-Mac used to have a really cool podcast called Earth Girls Are Easy. Mm. So I remember that. You haven't done a podcast in a really long time. Yeah, it's been a few years, I think. Yeah. Since right years. after our daughter was born. Yeah, yeah, and she's three now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been, been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. So that, does that mean you're a bad parent if you're still doing your podcast? Yes, he is. That? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> this is a, it's a time capsule for my, my, for my kids. They get to see. The dankness? Yeah, how, how dank their, their dad was. There you go. Yeah. They're probably just like, he's so oh, lame. Cringe. <laughs> like, dank's probably not, probably not going to age well. Actually, yeah, maybe not. I actually um, have a friend who, when his kid was born, he um, created a, a Gmail account for him and would uh, log in and actually send him an email every day to that account saying what his kid did that day. Yeah. When he was being a shithead or when he wasn't, all that stuff. And and so he's eventually going to give that to his kid. So I actually <laughs> had that idea. I, mean, uh-huh. I think we created her an account. But I just haven't sent any emails yet. I need to send emails because I actually I'm gonna hold. No, stop. <laughs> what? We no. I created her email address. It was my idea though. And I send her emails to Ooh. that email account. Okay, so you have. But it was mm-hmm. my idea though. It, yes, it was. <laughs> okay. It was my idea. Okay. It totally was my idea. <laughs> sure. Anyway, parental spat yeah. going on yeah. here. <laughs> Uh, although, as an impartial witness, I'll have to say, regardless of whose idea, if she's the one sending the emails, yeah, she yeah. gets the, the, I'll, I'll the, will send the gold the star for that yeah. one. <laughs> I, I need to, because it's been, obviously, three years late. But she won't know, because she can't, she can't read. That well, is also true. She can't mostly read, so mm. she can recognize lots of letters. That's fine. You symbols. can still send her emails. Yes, <laughs> I am going to. Nice. Anyway, uh, this podcast is going to be Andrew Yang-centric past this point. <laughs> Correct. So um, we want to do a podcast about uh, why Andrew Yang is our guy, yep. and also uh, the other members other than me on this podcast are contributing in ways other than monetarily and just kind of like spreading the word. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get into that as well. So uh, first, let's talk about why Andrew Yang is our guy. Mm. Like, why why did we put our you know all of our horses behind him? Mm-hmm. Like, what what uh, what made you? Ladies first. Oh, he's pointing at me. Yes, <laughs> I'm doing the. This is how this is how my our daughter points. She puts uh, really? her hand out like this. I oh, know, cool. but we're not recording you. It's it's very <laughs> doing the motion. I know it's not a motion. It's like, like with a hand open, like yeah. like presenting something. Yeah. It's yeah, it's that's very that's very cute. Yeah, it's very nonviolent. Mm. It's very, it's very <laughs> neutral way to point yes, at somebody. Yes, we're teaching our daughter humanity first values. I like yeah. that. Um. So actually. I actually wasn't an Andrew Yang supporter, like, mm. from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, if you go back to, like, 2016, I was actually, I was for Bernie. Sure. Right? So, voted for Bernie in 2016 in the primary. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wasn't able to vote for him in the general, right. you know? So, I did what all the good little Democrats did and, and voted for Hillary. Me like, too. Very begrudgingly, Even by though the I, way. I did not, I mean, it's weird to vote for somebody that you wouldn't want to sit next to in a dinner. That is a very good point. Yes, yeah. It, it left a, a very salty taste yeah. in my mouth uh, when I when I walked away from the voting booth. But 
I digress. Especially when you find out later that the DNC totally oh, yeah. did so much yeah. dirty stuff. And they're doing yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah they're doing it again. again. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, this, this cycle, I definitely had already moved past Bernie. Mm-hmm. You know, when, Why? when I just, oh, this is going to sound bad, but mm. he's just too old too old it's funny i think that's the main reason why most people who moved on moved on yeah i mean it's been four years yeah. well, you know what's amazing and he was already almost too old or he was yeah. kind of considered yeah. too old at the time but we were like let's give him the benefit of the doubt well what's what's insane to me is that we have uh some media outlets that are even like pretty neutral talking about like ageism yes but it's like i don't feel bad about ageism at all it's like <laughs> I, I i don't i do not want somebody that has passed their retirement age yeah. to work in any capacity like do you want an 80 year old Doing your fucking taxes? Yeah, Not I don't really. want to no, I mean, big I, like, why do you want to run the country? Me. Yeah, it's like, like for real. Like, at some point but, in time, we yeah. have to realize that we're, you're going to go into some sort of cognitive and physical decline, right? You're, you're going to. There's, there's no way around that. Mm-hmm. And for people to to ignore that for the sake of the name of called ageism, mm-hmm. like it, it seems ridiculous to me because you, you cannot keep up the same. You can't tell me that Bernie Sanders from. 50 years ago, has the same stamina mentally and physically as the man today. You know, I mean, the, not only that, uh, the being the president ages you like yeah. dog years, so <laughs> yeah. it's like a little concerning to think that somebody's already old getting in, like that stress is going to... I mean, he better have Andrew Yang as vice president if he was, <laughs> yeah. if he was president. Cause. Then, then I'd be okay. It's like, I might not make it, yeah, but yeah. maybe he will. I don't know. I so just, anyways. Uh, yeah. Great backup plan, yeah, yeah. right? People, people need to retire with dignity. Yeah. And I think that if you're that age, yeah. just you're you're done. Yeah. Like, you know, you're past done. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So you moved on past Bernie I, before Andrew Yang. I did. But mm-hmm. I actually had my on Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. I was... Sure, as I, a lot of people did in the I beginning. I thought that she... You know, I thought that she would be, I mean, as a woman, I would be proud to vote for another woman sure. as long as their values, like, aligned with mine. I'm, I'm not, mm. you know, necessarily. Technically, Hillary's not human. She's, like, reptile <laughs> Yeah, I'm very sure. So, right. I think that's why women didn't get behind her. I think she's a demon. I mean, maybe she if, does if I believe a little demons. bit of a demon. Yeah, she comes out of, like, the shadows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, just tries to snipe. She slithers out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not Fuck gonna Bernie go Sanders. that far. Fuck uh, Tulsi Gabbard. It's yeah. just like, well, who are you, lady? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I was. I was actually for Warren for a little bit, and I was, mm-hmm. you know, looking forward to her policies coming out so that I could read more about mm-hmm. them. Because I, I actually started like at the beginning of 2019. I started to feel a little bit like I, I want to do something mm. bigger. You know, this we've had this this narcissistic monster in mm. the White House, you know, for, you know, two plus years. Mm. And I, I was feeling down about it all. So I'm like, okay, you know, we've got a chance in 2020 to bring someone better in to mm-hmm. get this guy out of office mm-hmm. and, and start doing, you know, better for the American people. Right. Um, and then, you know, I got an email from her campaign announcing that she was going to try to break up big tech. Mm. <laughs> and that for me, I was like, of all of the issues, <laughs> quote unquote, yeah, like those, but all of like the monopolies that you would want to aim mm. at to break up big tech, big tech actually, I mean, I mean, we can get into like talks about automation, right? But, but big tech is really, it's boosted at least the area that we live in, you know, so I benefit from that, you know, mm. I, I mean, I have to, we have to be honest here. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I just didn't see how that would help anything. And and if she wanted to break up a big monopoly, then the drug companies would have been the first thing on my mind, mm. you know? And I, I actually, I wrote an email, as soon as I got that, I, I kind of hemmed and hawed about it. I think I talked to, are we doing, yeah, um, Cronus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird to call him his yeah. <laughs> nickname yeah. since, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, I kind of kind of bounced some of my thoughts off of him just to kind of see, yeah. you know, am I thinking this thing clearly through, you know, because I'm kind of new into, you know, Politically thinking, you know, whatever. Me too, actually. Um, yeah. So, and he, he kind of, he helped me kind of walk through it. And then I, I ended up actually opting out mm. from all of her campaign emails. Mm. And I wrote an email back saying why I was opting out. And I, I listed out my reasons that, you know, this isn't the place to focus. This isn't what's going to help us, you know, moving forward. And then, you know, her wealth tax came out. And I, I don't, I mean, yeah. I, I was kind of... I was in that mindset for a while, like, well, yeah, billionaires have all this money, mm. right? Why not take a little bit of that from them? And and Cronus said something that was actually, like, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. Like, what makes you think that you can take money from someone who's earned it, potentially? Mm. You know, in the same way that I work hard to earn my money. And I don't like being taxed. What is our tax at? Like, 40%, I yeah. think, of my paycheck goes to taxes? more Almost half? Pretty much. And I work my my ass off, you know? So I, I can't, I, like that, when he said that to me, I, I stopped and I thought to myself, you're right. I, that's not fair. Mm. Um, and then, you know, he had been kind of pushing, you know, me to to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast with Andrew Yang. Mm. He'd been pushing me very softly, you know, <laughs> for probably a couple of months, mm-hmm. you know, like, because he listens to Joe Rogan every day, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or every time the podcast comes out, whatever frequency. Well, not so much anymore, but yeah, I used to listen oh, right. religiously. Yeah. yeah. So so he kept kind of pushing at it. And then when when I I kind of denounced my support for Warren, he, he gently he nudged me again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Cronus, in effect, he yanged me. Yeah. Um, My first yang. And I, I did. <laughs> I, that was the first Joe Rogan podcast that I actually sat down and listened thing. to the whole mm. entire thing. Um, and then I just went down this Andrew Yang like rabbit hole on YouTube. Yeah. And I was like, give me more, give me more, give me more. Like I need more information. Yeah. I got I got really kind of fired up about it. What, you know? what, uh, what talking points or what things that he t- said that really got you? So it was actually UBI mm-hmm. that flipped me, you mm-hmm. know, because it, and it, I think I thought the same thing that most people do when they when they hear about UBI, like, why do people deserve that? Yeah, you know, and and then listening to him talk about you know technology and and being shareholders, you know, in our country, but but using our technology, how all these companies like you know Google and Facebook they profit mm-hmm. off of our information, mm-hmm. and you know it it just seems so wrong to me. You know, and that they can do that. I mean, the state of California, um, the DMV, just made $50 million. They profited $50 million off of our residents, our information last year. So it's like, how how are these companies, you know, just building their masses while we have people on the streets? You know, not even like people in in living in poverty. People living below the mm. poverty line, people with nothing. Yeah. yeah, you know, it just it just felt so wrong. Mm. So, I mean, it was UBI that got me, and then again, I just started reading things, you know, and his education policies. That was the next one that kind of was like hook, line, and sinker for me, you mm-hmm. know. So, 
his, his education policy, which we'll talk about probably on a different podcast, but that hit me in my soul. Because, you know, uh, Quebec knows me, obviously, more than most people, more than probably anybody else. Mm. But, <laughs> like, I don't believe in, like, everybody going to college. And mm. when he was just like, we need to invest more in trade schools. And, like, yeah. most people that go to college, it's a very low percentage that they graduate college. I'm like, yeah. I know that shit already. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're pushing all these people to go into these STEM fields, but it's like 8% of the population are actually in the STEM field. I'm, I happen to be lucky to be one of them. Kmac is as well, mm-hmm. but it's like most people are not in these fields, and you're pushing them all to go in there. First of all, there's not enough jobs in those fields, you know. And second of all, you're just totally ignoring the fact that uh, you need to have a certain mindset to be in those fields. Yeah, it, it, it's like asking people um, to be a mechanic and they have like no mechanical skills, you know, and mm-hmm. they have no desire to go to be, a, you know, a mechanic, and it's just like. You can't force them into doing that that sort of thing. Right. But that I'll talk more about that on, on a separate podcast. So for you, it was the education thing, uh, like the what got me in for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, UBI hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean UBI. So first of all, when I first heard about UBI, like most people, I was like, this sounds fucking ridiculous. Like, there's no way that we can afford it. There's no way that we can pay these people. Like all, like all of every American, every adult American. Any sort of like paycheck, mm. you know what I mean. But once he broke down the value added tax, and then um, the way that you would save money on all the services that you can essentially get rid of, mm. but not forcing them to get rid of it, you know what I mean. Like he's doing it in the in such an eloquent eloquent way that most people don't even realize is that when they say you know UBI is going to cost you know I think it was like what three or four trillion dollars, but like you know the first two two point four or something like that you get through the value added tax, yep. and the vast majority of the rest of it. You get through savings through um, all these other programs that will basically become irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like you have a homeless problem, right? Like the, uh, just California alone, we spent almost a, I think it was almost a half a billion dollars to try to end homelessness. That's a half a billion dollars for just that went one down state. down the drain. Yeah, it's the homeless. There's more just homeless went up. than ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if you just gave him money? What if you just gave him a thousand dollars a month? Like it's what would true. happen to homelessness? Yeah. Like it would at least. I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to eliminate it because that that that'd be stupid to think that it would get rid of all of it but it would drastically reduce homelessness sure. i don't think it'd know? be stupid but overly optimistic yeah yeah <laughs> but I, I i would venture to say at least 60 percent of homeless people that are homeless today would not be homeless if they had ubi mm-hmm. you know what i mean and for people to say well well they're just gonna shoot themselves up with drugs it's like well they're doing it now anyway so what is your answer to that do you have do you have a solution to you know a, a drug addict you know getting off of drugs if you don't then can you sit down mm-hmm. it's like People are going to do bad things with any amount of money, no matter what. It's a very small portion of our population. It seems to be growing over the past few years, but that is never going to go away. You're never going to use legislature to um, remove a bad behavior that you believe is bad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Especially when it comes to drugs. Like the war on drugs is is, is an asinine war. You're never going to win it because there's been no point in human history that humans have existed without drugs. Like it's, it's never happened. So just we accept are it. drugs. Yeah, we our, our brand produces drugs all the time, you know. <laughs> so just accept that, accept it, and just stop being a nanny state. I think that's the problem with our current welfare state. Or no, we're not a welfare welfare state, but our current welfare system is that we make these people jump through hoops um, for welfare. Like if you make too much money, you're not on welfare anymore. You know what I mean? So people purposefully stay below a certain poverty line mm. to get those benefits. And it's also like you make them, you know, search for jobs and do all these other things and do all this blah, 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 blah. Like, why are they doing all these things when they're just trying to survive? Yeah. It's like, and it's obvious for like a lot of these people that are on welfare, at least to me, 
that they do not currently have the skills to be marketable in this society. And the fact that you are not addressing those issues is a huge problem. You know what I mean? And then expecting them to, to magically come off of welfare or whatever other kind of social program that, that's out there. It's like, why not just get rid of all these, you know, there's, with just welfare alone, there's like at least six different programs that I can probably think of. There's probably more that can get eliminated. And, w- and with UBI, the Freedom Dividend, mm-hmm. he's giving the option. It's like, listen, if you don't want to have the Freedom Dividend, you don't need it. Stay on whatever you want, you know, especially if, if you're getting paid more, you know, because th- that can happen. If you, it's potentially you can get paid more than $1,000 a month from the government, in which case I can totally understand that you don't want the Freedom Dividend. For, but for, I think, a lot of people, switching to the Freedom Dividend with no strings attached, you know, you don't have to, like, do anything for it. You know, why wouldn't you do that? And when I say do nothing for it, I mean, like, nothing overtly for, like, having to jump through all these hoops. The people already doing things to pay for that dividend. I to mean, prove their worth to society. Yeah, it's, mm. it's so dumb because people have uh, human worth. It's not economic worth. But I think human worth is far more valuable than the economic worth for the vast majority of people. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, then you might want to look into, like, listen, if... if um, if you're at home with your with your kids, your human worth is invaluable. If you go to your job, your your worth with them is economic only, and they can fire you at any time. Mm. They don't really care about you. And, and with any job that you're working, you are always worth less than what they're paying you. Of course, always because then they wouldn't exist. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know this because you basically run your own business. Mm-hmm. So there's no way you're going to pay somebody above you know, a certain amount because then you would lose money. Right. It's just math. Yeah. It's, it's basic <laughs> math. And I think a lot of people that, that don't understand that, like they, they jump into this, like, this whole corporation thing, you know, as if this is like going to save their life. And this is like, they hop into this corporate culture and it's like, listen, they're paying you less than what you're worth and they have to do that. But your, your human value is so much more than that with your friends and your family. Like, that, that's what people should be focused on. Well, that's one thing he talks about is that we need to start separating, um, you know, our economic measurements and our actual human measurements. So we judge, you know, just for instance, judging the quality of our country by the GDP. And meanwhile, life expectancy is going down. It's like those things are two different things and one should be valued more than the other. Yeah, people people have tried to argue with, with me on that on like multiple different points. It's like, do you, or do you really believe that money is more valuable than human lives? If you right. do, then you're not part of really the human experience anymore. You're just part of like this, this make-believe corporate experience that you just bought into. If you don't believe that a human is more valuable, or I'm sorry, that money is more valuable than a human. It's mm-hmm. like when people buy like diamonds. Like most people buy diamonds and they don't even like think about it, right? It's like you understand that most time if you buy a diamond that is, you know, not certified like conflict conflict free or grown in a lab, there's a super high chance that a child is like dying digging those diamonds out of the ground just so you can have something pretty in your finger. But you don't even think about it. Mm. You know, people don't even think about it. It's true. Um kind of like the dude who left the comment on my Facebook post about or when you talked about the life expectancy and he was like his response was like people should take care of themselves it's like, <laughs> yeah dude like first of all that's not just selfish but it's also like if if the overall life expectancy of 
the country goes down, that's an average, which means that there's a ton of people who are suffering way more yeah. than before and dying way earlier. That's why the average goes down. So it's not a matter of each person just deciding to live healthier and stuff. It means that the social conditions and the system is causing people to die sooner, you know? Yeah, and it's funny because, like, he, you know, he took a screenshot of something, and it's like it literally said, like, what I was saying. It said, yeah. like, between, like, you know, 2016 and 2017, it went down by, like, 0.3%. 2017 and 2018 went down by 0.3%. And then the other ones were projections that it was going to go up. I'm like, their projections, like, you, you can't project this year because we're in January. Yeah. Like, what, you, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, for real. Like, what I said was You valid. probably got it off some Republican... Uh, website probably and the fact that it was just a screenshot and not an actual link was like very telling so yeah. i gave him three links like three random links yeah you know showing that life expectancy is going down for like a variety of like very sad reasons mm-hmm. so what what uh got you onto the yang gang um well i've been i've been tracking uh ai for a while so i was very concerned about it um because you know in my work i i happen to have been able to film a, a couple AI conferences. So hold on. So let's uh, first say what you do. That's important as well. So I shoot porn. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do adult video. Films. Yeah, adult film. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. Thank you for the class. Yeah. No, I uh, I do I do video production, and so I was hired to film, you know, uh, uh, an AI conference, a couple of them, and um, you know, just literally just filming the speakers on stage, and you know. It's a cool job because, you know, I actually get, got to listen to these talks. And, you know, we're talking about a conference with, like, the leading AI uh, developers from, like, IBM and Google, like, the top people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what really blew my mind and scared me was uh, by the end of the conference uh, and after talking with a bunch of these people directly, I realized that... Um, they have no idea what's going on, like what's going to happen. This is the first time in history that humans are building something that they literally cannot predict what is going to. Even when they built the atom bomb, <laughs> they had an idea of <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the magnitude of destruction that it was capable of, right? But with AI, they're like, like the people creating are literally like, well. It could go really well, or it could go really wrong, and we don't know. Well, this is like one of the like few times <laughs> where I'm like, like, "How's this fucking Skynet?" Well, yeah, yeah no, it is. It's, it's because it's just like when you watch uh, Congress like pull up somebody like a uh, like a Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, and they're, oh. grill- and they're, they're like grilling so this twenty guy. years behind. Yeah, well, they're grilling the guy. First of all, the people that are that are grilling him in Congress, they don't understand technology at all. Right, it's blatantly ap- uh, uh, apparent when you watch it. Right, but it's also it's like you're grilling a guy. Because you're giving him literally zero guidelines on wh- how he should run his company and how he should run social media in general. It's like, how is it his fault because you gave him no guidelines on what to do? Like, maybe you should have some regulations on social media, you know what I mean? And then grill him. But you, you can't sit there and, like, literally have, like a, like, a highway with no speed limit and then fine a guy for going 200 miles per hour. You know what I mean? It's like... It's true. <clears throat> also, they sense. built the. They're not building the highway. That's why they can't even figure out what signs to put up. Yeah, it's just it's because so, <laughs> well, it, they got rid of the uh, the office of uh, the office of technology yeah. assessment, yeah. right? In like the, in the nineties, which is when you fucking actually Andrew Yang it. said in nineteen ninety five. So that's yeah. twenty five years ago, and that's, that's in the middle of like crazy. the technology boom. 
Especially yeah. the internet boom. You know, yeah. That's when it first started. Huge. So just when they needed it is when they got rid of it. Yeah. yeah. They need to bring it back, which is one of his policy plans. Um, anyway. So, yeah, but I, I've been tracking AI, and I realized this is a major problem. I started tracking the future displacement The when I realized that, um, oh, this is going to cause massive job losses across the board. Blue, white collar, doesn't Party matter. Yeah. Um, so nobody's really safe. Um and then, you know, I realized, okay, so this is an actual major, like, existential human issue and not a single politician. Like, I watched the trial with, or not trial, but the, you know, the Zuckerberg grilling and, um, you know, that moment when they were like, so how do you make money? And he, <laughs> yeah. And he just, like, had to, he, like, smiled, you know, and then he, like, hit, he ate the smile. But that was the moment in his eyes where he's like, oh, these Dumb mother effers have no idea (laughs) what's going on. And that's when he, you could tell he was totally relaxed after that because he was like, well, yeah, he's like, well, Senator, we run ads, (laughs) you idiot. It's like, um, it's like if you walked into a McDonald's and you're like, where do the burgers come from? (laughs) Where does this meat, how does this meat exist? It's like, well, there's this thing called... Supply chain. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, so anyways, I, so I was concerned about the issues, and then when I saw him on, actually, before Joe Rogan, I remember reading an article in some local newspaper about a random Asian guy. Asians Daily? Is that what you're reading? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Like Yellow News International. No, but, uh, uh, I'm yellow, by the way, so I could say that, but, uh... (laughs) But, um, but you know, it was just like this random Asian guy that was, you know, running for president or announcing it. And I thought it was like a publicity stunt or I thought, okay, maybe he's just an entrepreneur that wants attention. And then um, I, you know, because a lot of times a lot of people will run in the beginning and yeah. they have no intention of staying in the race. You There's know people I mean? that are still in right now that the I'm like, The rent is too damn running? high, you know, yeah. like stuff like that. But, or Trump even. Um, yeah. And... And then when I saw him on Joe Rogan and, you know, he explained his everything, I was like, okay, like, this guy is thoughtful. He's clearly thought about it, like, deeply. And he's um, clearly, like, one of us, like, one of the people. Like, because he's not actually, like, a billionaire entrepreneur, you know? No, he's not he's like, just a millionaire. Yeah. That's still a lot of money. Well, but yeah. it's becoming not a lot of money. And he's not, but, but the point is, he's not out of touch with, like, the needs of the everyday person, which is the majority of us. Yeah. Um, like the way like a real billionaire is, right? So, yeah. so the fact that he's thoughtful that was, you know, reeling me in. But then when Joe asked him, like, well, you know, what do you really expect to win? Like, what's you know? And so that was really important because I wanted to know like what his level of reality was, yeah. <laughs> right? Because a lot of people when they run, they're just expected to say no matter what, like we're gonna win and all this stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, but he was like, <laughs> "Well, my goal is to get these issues on the table. So if I can get these politicians to talk about these issues, I've already won." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, that's a realistic goal. That's um, it's ambitious, but also like humble." And I was like, "I could get behind that." And so, um. So then I think what locked me in, though, because I was definitely a Bernie guy, too, before, you know, I think what really locked me in, though, was that uh, after hearing him and then looking at all the other politicians and you realize they're still just playing the game where Mm -hmm. they're just talking sound bites. Yeah. And they're just like, 
essentially like kids in a schoolyard saying, nah, uh, 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 yeah. and like, you know, and so I was like, okay, well, if I had to close my eyes and just pick based on what they're saying, I mean, it's kind of no, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, it should be. And so, um, so that's what got me on. And then it wasn't even because he's Asian and I'm Asian, you know, I'm not, that kind of person where I'll just blindly support someone because, you know, of their ethnicity or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, And so, you know, so yeah, that's how I got on. And obviously since then he's only built uh, his movement and, you know, he's, and seeing him in interviews, he handles things really well, you know, the way that he answers stuff. And and, uh, I think he would, I mean, let's face it, he would be much better than Trump. Um, yeah. and I don't know. I mean, he could even just be a really great president period, you know, not even qualifying him against a shitty president. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when, uh, <clears throat> this is back when Barack Obama got elected. Cause I, I didn't vote for, uh, Barack Obama. I, I voted for Bush. Actually, no. Well, I voted Bush. for Bush. I mean, twice. not Bush McCain. No, no, no. I, I actually didn't. I was going to vote for McCain, but I didn't vote. Yeah. So I, I didn't vote in that one because I was going to vote for McCain cause mm-hmm. I, I believe in him, but then he got, what's her name? Sarah oh, Palin. that Sarah was a bad like, move. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, no. <laughs> so not just because she's a woman, but because she thought she could see that she could see Russia from her backyard. Yeah, in Alaska. That was terrible. And I'm like, all right, you're, we're on the same wavelength here. Like, I, I can't get on board with that. Anyway, yeah. Um, back when he got elected, uh, a lot of folks that I knew um, in the African American community, like they basically voted for him because he was black. Sure. And they were saying a lot of folks were saying in general, this is going to be the end of racism. Blah blah blah. And when he got when he got elected, I was like, "Listen, I will not be impressed." And this is literally, what I said, "Until somebody Asian gets elected." Is that what you said? Yeah, <laughs> literally so said hilarious. that because I was like, "Cause that to me, because like people in America, they they're so fucking black and white. It's yeah. fucking disgusting." You know and I mean? Andrew is literally his slogan is not left, not right, but forward. Yes. I mean, yeah. he's literally yeah. the middleman. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so I I think that if we can get. An Asian person in you know the highest office in the land. I think that that's another giant step forward. Is you know Barack Obama was as well. It was it was a step forward. I think it's another step forward. You're right. It's like the next step. And and yeah. I was actually thinking an Asian guy actually is perfect because nobody hates Asians really the way that I mean it doesn't have the polarity. Well, people emasculate Asian men especially. Well, that I mean there's definitely I mean racism and stereotypes. Yeah. But the point is like I think. White people like Asians because they want to sleep with all the daughters. And, uh, <laughs> and black people are down with kung fu and Chinese food. And, you know what I mean? No, really. Black people are truly um, some of the biggest supporters of Asian culture mm-hmm. from Dragon Ball. I mean, I see it, you know? And so. Oh, yeah. Look at the fucking Wu Tang clan. Yeah. I mean. Exactly. I mean, so I just think that an Asian is. And in a weird way, Asians have slid by a lot of i mean let's face it asians have it the best of all the minorities in this country right and that's the when he was in his last debate mm -hmm. is when he they were talking about you know him being the only minority out there and blah 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 and i loved how he turned the question into basically the main reason why you don't see more minorities up here is because they don't have disposable income right and i was like he's basically low-key saying that if if people don't really pay attention out there in america Asians are fucking winning. 
Like, they really are. They're far, quiet. That's why they're winning because they're just quietly. Yeah, they don't doing, brag about it. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at like statistics, like yeah. economically, yeah, Asians are outperforming uh, Caucasians by a, a decent margin, mm. and they just don't talk about it. I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think the drawback though is, which is why I'm glad that he's trying to make change in the world. Is I my gripe with Asians have, as an Asian has always been. Um, the fact that they don't engage in the community, I feel yeah. like... Uh, well, outside of, like, the Asian community, yeah. Even in the Asian community, they're not very supportive. Like, it's I'm Korean, and it's really hard to get Koreans to support you. They're, really? Uh, yeah, Asians are huh. very selfish people, to be honest, and I think that's how they stack their chips. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, for me, as being somebody who, who is active in the community, I always hated that because I felt like... Um, Black people are struggling, you know, Latinx people are struggling. Everybody's struggling. All people, people of color. Well, this is, hold on. This is one thing I want to make a distinction on this podcast. Mm. So when we say black people are struggling, some, there are black people struggling. Well, compa- not, I'm always in comparison to white people. Right, right, right. But it's only like not all of us are. So this is the problem that I have mm. when like uh, mm. politicians especially, like they talk about the black community as mm-hmm. if we're all fucking poor. Yeah. I'm not fucking poor. You know what I mean? Like. I make a, I make a, but you're also an outlier though. I'm, I don't, I you're, mean, maybe cause you're an outlier regardless of your skin color though. Well, yeah, that, that's true, but it's <laughs> that I'm, true. I'm right? also, I'm not the only one though. You but know what I mean? But you're technically in the 2% though. I don't, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't think it's even, too, I don't, I think hopefully it's higher than 2%. And I'm, but that's what I'm saying is you're, you're not in that pool. So it's easier for you to say, what? but either way, your point is right though. There's many middle class, you know, black people that have normal lives that yeah. are just doing their thing that they're not you know um their dad didn't wasn't like a crackhead or something yeah you know what i mean like and that's the a problem with like when people try to like uh appeal to the african-american vote is that they're appealing to like these values that are not my values at all well right? and, you know we, I mean? and they do that too but they do that to the white community too mm. because yeah. they they completely write off poor white people exactly mm. yeah. right because there's that they're like white, invisible in their own you way. You know, the privilege yeah. of being white, it, it's there's that assumption, I think a general assumption that people that think true. that, you know, white people aren't living in poverty. I mean, like, Jesus, my family right. is living in poverty. Like, right. and to it, my it, nieces, it, right. they're two of the people that yeah. I want to get them to get the freedom dividend. Yes. Like, that would just so much greatly impact their lives, you know, mm-hmm. that it, they're white girls. I mean, I mean, I think you know? that that's true. That so many people are suffering around the country, and guess what? Most of them are white. Yeah, yeah but that's what's amazing <laughs> to me is that you you sit there and you you have all these uh, you know voters voting for this sort of prosperity that will never ever touch them or their children. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are these white people that are voting for other you know like Republicans stuff like that, and they're they're voting for these things that will never affect them. I mean, I think and it's what people, so strange to me. Yeah, I think people forget that the problems are actually not racial; they're classist. Yes, that's what I always been yeah. to. Right? Yeah, it's it's a class problem. But yeah. but regardless, though, if you're gonna match um, ethnicities, just like you said, Asians are outperforming. I mean, black people are suffering. I mean, because they have the worst rates of, you know. Um, I mean, anything. You could pick anything from incarceration yeah. to the type of health care they get. Even like Andrew Yang was talking about how, you know, black women d- disproportionately die from childbirth oh, because yeah. they don't get the same attention or care that, that um, others would. Well, but... I think it's medical texts, too, mm-hmm. is, yeah. is mm. a- another one. Because I was... True. 
in my very long commute to my <laughs> job in Silicon Valley, uh-huh. um, I was listening to the radio and they, they actually had some kind of article come on that, that talked about how outdated medical tests yeah. are. And they read a passage from it by old that racist people. disturbed <laughs> me to my core uh-huh. that said that in the medical text, in this textbook, that nurses are still being taught in, oh, in like nursing currently? school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 2019, was, this was when Whoa. this happened, right? A couple months ago. That... Um, it said in the medical text that black people's skin was tougher, physically tougher, than white people's skin. <laughs> Essentially saying that you could use more force, right? Oh, so, whoa. I mean, that's just one example. And, I mean, mm, it just... That's crazy. It made me so sick, right, to, to think about Superman? that. Are you Superman? Well, yes, but that's just me. That was a leading question. No, but that's a good point. And I think... Um, you know, it goes back to all the terrible stereotypes and things that were created um, back in the day. I mean, you know, like I was actually just thinking for some reason I was thinking about segregation and I was thinking about um, like how hard it must have been for like an interracial couple back in the day. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, we would not have been able to. Oh, yeah. You, well, same thing with you. He would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, you would have died too. I would have died too. Yeah. But but the point is, like, they probably had crazy ideas of like a mixed baby, let's say, being like sick or yeah. evil. I don't know whatever they were thinking, but I'm, you know, I think one thing people forget is because with technology, we think somehow we just like leapfrogged our own ignorance and mm. and lack of evolution, and we haven't. No, like yeah. no. we, so we're actually too far ahead. This is the strange thing about technology. Technology is far surpassing like our own genetic growth. Yes. Like we haven't changed yes. in like the past thousand, couple thousand years. Yes. But technology is like leapfrogged us like exponentially. Oh, yeah. But even know? worse than genetic though is our our moral evolution has not caught up. I mean that was something I think uh, as for a, a lot of people, yeah. Well, as a people, I think that's what Asimov said is that um Oh quote Asimov. Yeah. Right. It's unfortunate that I mean I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he was saying it's unfortunate that, you know, the the rate of or the evolution of humans morality is not at the same pace of technology you yeah, know? yeah and so that's why technology is owning us you know yeah um well it's we're, we're basically we're sort of building our own destruction mm. oh for sure by not paying that attention. goes right back yeah. to the whole ai thing that yeah. we're literally building something that could save us and could destroy us and it's a very i mean look you see articles about how you know facebook was experimenting with ai and they had to shut it off because they literally didn't know what it was they were talking doing back and forth. yeah like they were <laughs> talking to each other and they couldn't decode it so imagine if it was actually sentient and it's like let's just tell facebook that we're doing this for this reason but yeah. we're actually do-. so it's like and this is early they it's like ai is not even um like a child it's like an infant and they already cannot control it or there was also even the um microsoft experiment where they unleashed ai on twitter and it in- immediately became a nazi troll yeah yeah because um, th- it's based upon like information out there yeah, yeah. and there was um <laughs> there... shit i didn't know about oh, you didn't that, know that? Yeah. no they built the ai no. bot on for twitter and then it just started sp- Spewing Nazi stuff, and it was, they had to shut it off immediately because it was like, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, and there was another one um, that robot um, that they keep taking around, Sophia. Um, it's uh, it's an AI robot, and um, the first time they t- showed it in public, I, it was hilarious. They were like, um, 
you know, what is your purpose in life? And it was like to destroy human beings and take over the world. <laughs> and I was like, uh, can, can you turn that off now? Because it's like crazy that that's what's coming out well, and they're just starting. You well, know? the problem is, is that when you, when you base an artificial intelligence on human beings yep. as a whole, yep. you're going to get a terrible, like, base oh, because yeah. looking at human history the average We're human terrible. is not very and yeah. also the internet yeah. also showcases only one side of the average person right yeah. because the average person doesn't talk to other people in public the way they do on the internet yeah mm. yeah right yeah. so um that's one thing and and actually when i was at the conference um i realized that the other problem is that you have basically the most socially awkward and least qualified to build Anything social. Something social or <laughs> yeah. sentient building these things. It's kind of, that's also not cool. And then um, I realized that if if AI currently as it is is just a result of the inputs, they need to start inputting like Buddhist philosophy. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. existentialism. Like just start like, actually I don't know if I want a robot like questioning its existence. But. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? If it's Fuck, sentient, we all die. But but if it's sentient, that's inevitable, right? right. Like that's kind yeah. of part of being sentient is to be able to ask yourself, why am I here? By the way, why am I slave to these stupid flesh bags? You know. But yeah. um. Yeah. But anyway, so so all that stuff, uh, you know, is why we need a president who is actually concerned about. It. It's like Andrew Yang says is like he's concerned about the problems of the future, mm-hmm. not of yesterday. Yeah. And, and that's the difference, right, between mm-hmm. the candidates that are running and him. Mm-hmm. And, and they've said that, too. Yeah, right? and it's so apparent. Like, listen, watching all these debates, like, for me, there is zero doubt that Andrew Yang is the smartest guy out there. Even his first debate, he was the only one that was, like, basically 100% correct. Yes. When they fact-checked him. And they fact-checked him. With the least amount of speaking time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Is that already, like... Yeah. And then just listen... To Joe Biden, mm. talk about technology. I mean, I appreciate, <laughs> I really appreciate that he's trying. Yeah. He went on, but, hold on. But you also don't want your grandpa who doesn't know yeah. how to work Facebook <laughs> to be went, running the country. Right? <laughs> hold on, listen. He went on the No Malarkey Tour. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. No, no, no. The I, No Malarkey Tour. I totally You I'm, cannot I'm speak about you. technology if you're talking about the No Malarkey I'm Tour. I'm with you, but, but remember, Andrew Yang said, right, that... Politicians are probably going to end up start starting to talk like him, yes. right? Yep. Yes. So that's happening, which and that's, is good. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's good. But we also want them to know what they're talking. Well, about. and also yeah. they're only talking about it because the media is like making them, and you know when they get in office, they have no interest. They're just yeah, going to play. No the, attention. Yeah, they're going to play yeah. the game as usual, right? right. So, and right. I think every, everybody can at least agree that the game as usual is not really been going yeah, well. And, so. and Elizabeth Warren literally was quoted <laughs> saying, "I'm just a player in the game." Oh, when they asked her about God. right about the Iowa caucus, oh, so I mean, that's just terrible. I can't stand that woman. It's out Listen, there. Yeah. <laughs> and it. I don't even feel bad because she's a woman because, like, traditionally I'd be like, you know, she's a woman and I want to, like, root for her, but fuck her. Like, for real. Like, the fact that she's lied so many times and that she basically tried to, like, ninja snipe Bernie Sanders Mm. in, like, the last debate talking about how he said, and CNN was, like, totally in on it. Yeah. You know, I was like, that was so cringy. What is up with the news outlets being crooked as heck? Because they're being paid. Yeah. They're being paid. Look at their sponsor list. It's gotten worse and worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
really blatant now. I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's happening on one hand because people, it's, people, don't, people don't see it though. Well, but I'm a new person that's seeing it, mm. right? So, so there's the possibility that more and more people will start seeing this and start seeing how corrupt they are, right? I mean, the, I, I feel like they're abusing their First Amendment rights. Oh, for you know? sure. Well, let me, I this, mean, they're part of the, the machine Infringing now. on our, our, on our democracy. Yeah. Well, let me explain to people that don't understand what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So in the last uh, you know, DNC debate, they had a, 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 a back and forth between uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren where basically, like right before the debate, uh, Elizabeth Warren, or CNN dropped a story that said that, you know, Bernie Sanders said that a woman couldn't become president mm. to, to Elizabeth Warren in a private meeting. Mm-hmm. And so on the debate, they were like, hey, you know, Bernie Sanders, you know, did you say that a woman couldn't become president? And he said no. Mm. And then literally right after that, they asked Elizabeth Warren. So when Bernie Sanders said that, you know, a woman couldn't become president. How would you feel? Yes, and it's like, he I, just yeah. said no. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? And there's literally videos of him from, like, the old school, like, really shitty TV days of him saying that a woman can, be, can become president. You know, anybody can, can become president. And this is, like, when he had hair still. And he did. I mean, in the 2016 election, he rallied for Hillary Clinton. Yes, he, so. did. he did. He sucked The same it up person and... that stabbed him in the back again. Yes. Yeah. He's, you know? he, she's a you know like they say is like a scorpion can't help being a scorpion yeah they're yeah, a I'm snake a is a snake yeah, yeah. yeah so um you know i think uh <sighs> bernie i so right now what's the game plan they're just basically destroying everybody to keep biden up top well i think it's bernie and well maybe biden i don't know they, they keep trying to like who toss... does the dnc want uh, it's either it... To me, it seems like Biden or Warren. Well, it was definitely Biden in the beginning, but he's starting to look very not viable. Well, throughout the like this whole cycle, it's been multiple candidates, right? Yeah, yeah. That they put like their incorrect, you know, money behind. Yeah, and they've all like not panned out. Like the, in the beginning, it was Gillibrand. They gave her like way more talking time, and she crashed and burned. You know, mm. they put a lot of stock into Cory Booker. A lot of stock into uh, Kamala Harris. Mm. Yeah, and these are all... Yeah, Buttigieg, who's, like, not a great candidate. And now they're pushing Klobuchar, too. Yeah, and I'm like, why Klobuchar? (laughs) I don't understand. She doesn't speak anything to anything to me, you know? And with the Buttigieg thing, like, he can never become president because he has a huge problem with the African-American community. Mm. And if you don't believe me, just Google... uh, you know, Buttigieg and South Bend police chief. Mm. Just those words alone should get you to where I want you to be. Yeah, you could find a, a lot just problem. by typing in His Buttigieg <laughs> and black support. Just, yeah, yeah just, or just black <laughs> people words. in general. Buttigieg black. Yeah, you that's should, all you need. Two yeah. words. Two words. Google will fucking figure out the rest for you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's he's had a terrible thing, and they yeah for a while they're behind him. You know, same thing with like. Uh, in Warren, it's like Warren to me is not from the get go not a viable candidate. Mm. Yeah, and but now you've got these newspapers that are you know because the New York Times endorsed mm. her, but they you know it was her and Klobuchar. Her and Klobuchar, right? Because I think they endorsed both because it was one of those we really want Warren, but we're gonna say yay go girl power yeah, just to kind of put it both out there. Too. And then actually the Des Moines Register today. Endorsed Elizabeth Warren also. Hmm. But it's like, why? (laughs) Like she... I think, well, also we have to remember that all these news outlets have been compromised since the, since the internet basically ruined all their, their 
you know, their income. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can't trust. I mean, it's crazy that, you know, Trump, the fake news thing actually was, turned out was to be. true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was yeah. like. That's a hard pill to swallow. I know. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. I mean, but it's also interesting, though, because um, how Andrew Yang points out that he's the only candidate that Trump hasn't tweeted about uh-huh. which is a no that's a really big sign because yeah, yeah. uh that means he is the dangerous one right like yes because i mean could you imagine <laughs> the, the yang gang hopping on <laughs> they would destroy the internet yeah and the yeah. crazy and he, the point is he's also saying trump knows that his supporters also like him so it's a little tough for them hit trump to just lay in on andrew yang yeah and i think that's the beauty of andrew yang is that um he is literally the only candidate in 20 years that both sides of the aisle he's finding supporters on both sides and 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 also um is doing it without controversy it's you don't even though he has trump supporters the democrats that are supporting him aren't trashing him for it right like like even when obama was running like different types of liberals would still be going at him for not doing like early on you know i know like for instance, gay and lesbians were disappointed with him because they felt like he should have done more in his first term, et cetera, all this stuff. And so he was still getting it from all sides. But um, right as of now, Andrew Yang has been – he's hes a slippery one. Well, let's let's <laughs> talk about uh, Andrew Yang's uh, – his campaign thus far. I think he's ran the smartest campaign so far mm-hmm. um, because basically he's, he's built up the Yang gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been like pushing his support for like lo- the longest time. Oh yeah, and he's been basically just like hoarding his money, his money, yeah, yeah. and to like and strategically using his money towards ads now that are in Iowa, New Hampshire, and other places. Uh, here? I mean, what makes him dangerous, like in the same way that Trump was, is that he's got nothing to lose. He, everybody else, all these other politicians, got their political careers. They're trying to like deal with that they have to protect their reputation all this stuff he's an outsider that is like i get to play the game the way i want to play it yeah and he's doing it as smart as possible well and, and he has facts on his side mm-hmm. like when people talk about you know oh the stock market is great the economy is great unemployment's down it's like you guys are missing the whole point here it's like our life expectancy is going down for mm-hmm. the past three years in a row mm-hmm. and this is the only candidate you know they copied off him some of the candidates have copied off of his him saying this but mm. Um, he's the only person that's really trying to address that. He's yep. like, listen, this should be a red flag for everybody. Like, yep. you're going to run, this is his words, you're going to run GDP, you know, off to a cliff. Yeah. Because it's not a great way to measure our overall society. Because right. our society, right. we all know it's broken. Yep. Yeah. Anybody out here that's listening to this podcast, we all know somebody that is fucked up, that is, you know, fallen, and they just cannot get up. They can't get up because they have literally zero chance to progress in our society we just got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps yeah you can't do it if you got no fucking boots i mean you know what i, mean? you know what? <laughs> I, I heard a really crazy story today i was at filming a conference a tech conference for women and this girl had i mean it was really incredible but also heartbreaking that this is what you know the world is like but so she grew up in um fresno 
area like you know apparently like four of the poorest zip codes in, yeah. the, in the state are in her county wow and so what happened was she her family because she's like mexican-american her family literally they all um like rolled raisins like their wow. job was like in the farm like drying grapes and then picking them up and then um what happened was she, i mean she didn't even think she was going to go to college. like it wasn't even an idea to go to college and then somehow she um Oh, that's what it was. So in high school, they said, hey, if you take this PSAT class, you get to get out of class or school for half a day. So she's like, oh, okay, cool. And she did (laughs) it. But she happened to get like a really great score because she was like actually smart. And then um, what happened was she started getting all these college, um, you know, invitation letters. And it was the first time it occurred to her that she could actually go to college. Wow. Right. And then but. She looked at the price and she's like, okay, I guess I'm not going to college. And then um, one college in Ohio offered her a full scholarship, wow. right? Which is amazing. But here's the sad part is that the thing that was stopping her from being able to go to college was the price of the bus ticket to Holy get out shit. there. That's how poor they were. Jeez. So she didn't even, her family didn't even have the money to send her to Ohio on a bus to get a full ride. And so. They what they did that summer was they actually the whole family every day they would go out and collect cans and bottles wow, and recycle them. Right? Yeah, until they had like eighty seven bucks to send her to Ohio. And that's like so sad, like to realize that like bright people with this potential for this future and now she's like this badass engineer that worked for like tons of big tech companies. But imagine that eighty seven dollars was the difference between her having a life of working on a farm and no education and, yeah. like, actually going to college and being somebody in society. And so that's where UBI comes in. And that imagine that if this family had $1,000 per parent. Per adult. Adult, you're right. Actually, yeah. Exactly. Not just parent, but adult. Yeah. And, and how that would make it so that these options are actually available and so people will be even allowed to dream like the fact that she didn't even think college was an option yeah is already the tragedy right and so it's like tragedy on tragedy on tragedy and she happened to be one of the lucky few that was able to get out of it but guess what she's one of the lucky few yeah super lucky that they can work that hard but it's like why would you even need to to work that hard i mean it's like right i say this shit all the time i mean can't make us hurt me. Actually, recently we had this conversation where we're uh, we need something to eat. Usually, I, I eat pretty healthy, mm-hmm. but there was like one night we're just like we need. We're, we're on the way home. I was like, we need oh, to get something to eat. Funny. Fast food. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're just gonna we're gonna hop at Wendy's. I'm yeah. gonna give me a fucking double baconator. <laughs> we're just gonna get it done. All right, because I need to eat. I, and I worked out twice. I think I worked out super hard that night. Yeah, yeah. So it was fine. So I you mean, gave I, yourself permission. Yeah. So I worked. It's relevant. Out, to I worked story. it off. No, it's just where I went to me as a, as a human being because I want to be proud of myself for not yeah. being fat. Okay. Got I'm it. just saying, not anymore. <laughs> I used to be fat. Go on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so, you know, we go through the drive-thru and, you know, I pay for the food, get our food, and we're driving. And, like, literally, as we're, like, doing this transaction of, like, ordering our fast food, we're talking about, like, low-income jobs. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like getting paid minimum wage. I'm like, minimum mm. wage well, jobs. And, like, the automation of yes. these yeah, jobs. Of these right, jobs. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Like, in the drive-thru as we rolled up. <laughs> yeah. That's what we said. So and I'm then... Like, I'm like, you know, robot can, like, do this stuff, like, way easier than people can. <laughs> yeah, and they won't spit in it. Yeah, so... <laughs> Unless they're sentient. We, we get our bag. <laughs> we, you know, we, we get two meals. We get our bag. Yeah. And then literally as I'm driving off, 
Kimberly looks in the bag and she's like, there's only one meal in here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. mother fucker! <laughs> I, was, I was like, dude, this is why I don't like having a minimum wage, like, being, like, at a certain, like, first of all, I, I don't even like having a minimum wage. Right. Like, when, when I was uh, a kid, uh-huh. I got paid under minimum wage, mm-hmm. and I was fine with that, because they were, they were literally... Um, they were teaching me skills to like get a better wage. Yeah, Te- for- skills that you wouldn't have learned in school. Yes, right, right, right. right. Yes, so it's a good distinction. It's the main thing. <laughs> you know, it's just like listen, I, and I understand that. And like the minute to me, a minimum wage job is first of all, it's somebody that has uh, little to no skills, and you're working that job temporarily to get a better job. It is not a job to work for your entire life. It's like to me, if you're working a minimum wage job for like more than a year, like there's something like wrong. With either you or society in general, but it's probably you, like to be honest, you know. I mean, there, I think some there, are, people, I think there are some exceptions. There's some to exceptions. That. But, there but are if, some. But if, if, we're talking, there probably. if we're talking about like like a retail job or a fast food worker job, right? Those are those are obviously very thankless jobs, right? That don't need a lot of skill. Mm. But but if you do like compare it to like a server, right? Even though obviously those are also going away. There's there's more intrinsic motivation, right, mm. to someone who wants to help somebody in that kind of role. So yeah, yes, okay. they're both paid low, but the the skills kind of required, right? Yeah, but it's also like in the fast food thing. It's like these are jobs that, like, if if I'd have ordered that from a robot, it'd have been right every single time. It would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah, every single time. And um, it's just like, and that's like, I don't think a person should need to do that job at this point because I think a, a person has more value. Than flipping burgers. Than flipping burgers. I mean, that's a very good point. I think none of us should have to do it if we have an option not to. And I Mm -hmm. think, um, you know, and also, though, at the same time, there's people who are actually perfectly happy having a very simple, menial job. Sure. And they shouldn't have to suffer for that, right? Yeah. Like, like, that's where UBI comes in as well. It's like, there's people out there who actually... They're proud to be the person that, you know, is the janitor in your school yeah, or whatever. That, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But but to be that person to do what I consider noble work, which is thankless work, um, and then also still, like, not get health care. Yeah. They, shouldn't, not ha- they and, shouldn't struggle. Right. And be, like, $500 away from, like, their lives being kind of ruined for a while. Like, yeah. you know, like, that's not right. And so... Um, and my whole thing about UBI is when, you know, some people try to be like, oh, well, the economists say it's going to make it worse. I'm like, look, you know, what, you know what's making the country worse? Spending trillions of dollars on war. Yeah. Like, 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 how about <laughs> just for a little bit? Why don't we just try it? it does, it's not going to hurt more than wasting it on the <laughs> other stuff we're wasting it right. on. Literally you know killing I mean? our people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. so for people are listening to this podcast right now, like if, if you don't know like who I am, yeah. Cronus as a person, I, I used, I was, a, I am a U.S. Marine. Yes. Um, I'm obviously not active so, anymore. So he gets to speak upon these issues. Yes. Yes. And I was also a military contractor mm-hmm. for a, you know a decent amount of time. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, um, you know, I was getting paid like not a whole lot of money, like probably like maybe forty grand, mm. probably less than that, probably like thirty six grand mm-hmm. a year. I got out of the Marine Corps, I worked like a certain corporate job, and I decided to become a contractor in the military. And I got paid. This is a true story. All right, first time I went to Iraq for a year, I got paid a quarter million dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. All right, 
when I looked, when I, uh, I did some, I talked to some people and I asked them like, basically how much are you, how much is the government paying for my spot? It was 1.2 to 1.6 million dollars for just me for a job that I could have done when I was in the Marine Corps. All right. When I, when I decided to leave in 20, I'm sorry, 2009, they offered me 480,000, $480,000 to stay in Iraq. You know what I mean? And that's like a lot of money for something I could have done as a Marine. They waste so much money overseas that people can't even fathom it. Like when I went over there, the first thing, so when I was like a, just a, like a basic Marine, Marines do everything themselves. Like when a shutter needs to get cleaned, a Marine does it. Like a, usually a private RPFC, like E1, E2, you know, or maybe an even E3 sometimes. You know, if, if there's like a, somebody needs to cook food, you have cooks for that. You, you pay mm-hmm. Marine cooks. It's all yeah. in-house. It's all, everything's in-house. Mm-hmm. When I went overseas as a contractor and I saw, like, how the war is being ran, there is so much waste being done. They are hiring contractors to cook, cook our food, to do our clothes, like, wash our clothes, to fold our clothes, to uh, build the roads, to build the buildings. We have, we have our Army Corps of Engineers for all that stuff, too, like, build stuff. But they just decided not to do that, you know? And they hire contractors to do, like, the vast majority of the IT work. And that's actually one of the reasons why I got out of the Marine Corps is because... Um, what is it called? NMCI, the Navy and Marine Corps Intranet. Um, they basically took over my job unless I was overseas. And then once I got overseas, even more contracting work took up the rest of those jobs. So it's like, why am I going to stay in the Marine Corps when contractors are taking over like all the jobs that I'm going to do and paying me drastically more money? And so the fact that... And somebody actually, one of the military people that when I was over there, like a high-ranking guy, I'm not going to say who the fuck it was, but... High-ranking guy was like, oh, well, it's cheaper for us to have contractors because of insurance. And I was like, so you're telling me that a military member is going to make a million dollars in their lifetime? Is that what you're really trying to tell me? Like, they're not going to make a million dollars in their lifetime, like ever. That's never going to happen. Ever. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm making the, – the military is paying more than a million dollars for just me. And so and if I get hurt, where am I going to go? Mm. I'm not going to go straight back to America. You're going to send me to the nearest medical facility that's run by the military. And that's also on America's dime. Like, these are all tax-paid things. When I tell you that the military paid my salary for $1.2 to $1.6 million, that's not free money. That's money that you're paying. If you're an American listening to this podcast, you paid that money for one single person to work one job overseas that could have gotten paid drastically less than that to do the same thing if he had to stay in the military. And that, that is a major problem with military spending right now. And that's not even saying like all these crazy ass, uh, military projects like the, the F 35, Oh, sorry. The, the lightning two. I think it's the F 35. Um, the that, plane that's supposed that to take plane. up straight up and down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that cost the that doesn't work. Well, it, it works, <laughs> but if, if it rains, like you have to repaint it, and the painting costs like two two million dollars. What? Yeah, like if it gets Why? wet, you have to repaint it because it's stealth. It has stealth paint. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! It's like but the the military spending is like it'll so... probably rain where they're flying though. Well, anywhere. I mean, you can get moisture <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Does it, does it fly outside? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so dumb. Exactly. And so people, does people, it go outside? Yeah. Does it go further than fifty feet away from <laughs> yeah. your area? People don't understand like how bad military spending is, and like. Until somebody breaks it down, and even then they just they don't ignore it. But it's your money; it's our money that you're spending it on. Yeah, and these and we are, have no. We should have the right to know where it goes. Yes, and it's money that could be going towards you know teaching your kids. Like so, uh, you, me and Kim X 
daughter, she's in preschool. And preschool is awesome. Mm-hmm. Every child should be in preschool. Every child. Yeah. Yes. And that my salary alone could have put a bunch of kids through preschool. Bunch of kids through preschool. You know, it's funny you say that. I was I happened to interview a guy that started this um, preschool uh, called Wonder Schools, mm-hmm. and um, he's a tech guy. But um, the reason why I started it is because he did really well in school growing up um, compared to his uh, other family members, and it had nothing to do with their financial situation. What he found out was that he just went to a better preschool than yeah. than all of his cousins and all that stuff and so he was doing looking into it and preschool is like one of the biggest opportunities to give your child the right tools and the opportunity to grow up in the most you know successful manner you know and Let's face it, like, if you don't have money, your kid ain't getting that preschool education. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, our daughter goes to a Montessori school, mm-hmm. a Montessori school, mm-hmm. and I think she might be the only African-American kid. She mm. is. She is in the whole school. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, because there's, there there's an older yeah. class, because mm. um, th- she started in the two-year-old class, now she's in the three-year-old class, and then there's one more mm. class, um, so I haven't seen those kids, but in the two-year-old and the three-year-old class yeah she is Is she too young to to register that well that she's i i will not she's different it is from the other kids i don't No, she i think i I think because she's growing up with us uh, and she spends a lot of time with my mother obviously mm -hmm. which is who's an old white woman Mm -hmm. um she doesn't she doesn't really register that. She doesn't see it. I mean, when, when she was really little, you know, you would ask her, he had asked her what her skin color was, you know, when she was learning her colors, mm. right? My skin's brown and daddy's skin brown. And then, you know, Cronus goes, what color is mommy's skin? And she looks at me and she goes, brown. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess a very, very light shade. That's cute. <laughs> you know, but I, I just, I don't, I don't think she registers that. I don't think yeah. she even uh, considers it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want her to register it. Um, yeah. It's I better wanted, not to. I'm just curious. Yeah. I just yeah, want yeah. her to see us all as humans. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me as an Asian, I managed to skip a lot of the typical Asian angst over things because I really didn't think in that way, you know? Like, I yeah. didn't um care about i mean my first two black my best friends were black growing up and then a mexican and then a white kid and that was like the gang right there yeah you know what i mean and so i never thought of myself as anything other than just a normal kid you know well i think it's because of where we grew up because we yeah obviously in the, in the Bay Area. Yeah. Oh, yeah very yeah, spoiled in that way yes. <laughs> like, very diverse yeah so there's a guy i do jujitsu with his name is mr matt uh-huh. he's a really cool guy he's in his mid he's in his mid 50s i think uh-huh. great dude and like we had a we went to lunch one day and we we're like chatting and he he had some what he thought were like hard questions for me and he was asking <laughs> me like you know like how did I grow up as like a kid? It's like, who are my friends? Like what at this season were there? Cause you know, I talk a certain way and I present myself a certain way. And I was just like, dude, I had friends from like every ethnicity. He's yeah. from uh, the East coast. Yeah. And he, he moved here. He's obviously like Californianized today, but he's, he's a lawyer now mm-hmm. and he's like good at what he does. But it's just like, you know, to me, people are just people mm-hmm. like, like, like you said before, 
um, it's what your class is, like yeah. how much money you have. It's all about your class. Yeah, that that's that's what really determines like who you're gonna be like when you mm-hmm. grow up. Like, you can't tell me that a, a poor black kid is gonna be any different than a poor white kid. You know, they're gonna have this the same exact problem. Right. Yeah. You know, especially in today's society. Yeah, and that's why I think having an Asian president would be great because it's so neutral in a way yeah. that I think it will allow everybody to support because. Um, I mean, his he's getting a lot of uh, the African American support is growing for him. I think, right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I tweet... heard he's siphoning from Bernie Sanders now. Well, he needs to siphon from uh, Joe Biden because they're actually the, the vast majority of. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of the black vote goes towards Joe Biden because of Barack Obama. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot mm-hmm. about that, that name part. recognition. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, but he didn't do anything when he was with Obama. Yeah. I, he made know, a lot of memes. That is he made a lot true. of people laugh with memes. Yeah, yeah that is true. I but you don't want Uncle that to Joe. be a president. I mean, no. a, lot of people, a lot of people is Uncle Joe. And I'm just like, to me, he's just like, he's a guy that that period when Barack Obama was president could have been better. It really could have been. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was reading a book, that book, Secret Empires. It talks about the different ways that politicians use their or presidents and politicians use their power to um, become rich and oppress people. And Obama was in the book. I mean, yeah. he did dirty stuff, too. Look and... at how much money he's making now from uh, speaking towards, you know, all these other engagements. Like he's made, he's made a lot of money towards speaking towards uh, banks. Uh, what do you call it? Pharmaceutical companies. You know, what I mean, like when he did, a, you know, I hate calling it Obamacare. It's the Affordable Health Care Act. Mm hmm. The only thing that that uh, really profited was pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies. That's it. Like, the policies that he made made it possible for the EpiPen to go from, like, you know, $25 a month to, you know, $1,000. Because there was no – there's no cap on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um, I mean, we we don't want to go down the like too far down the rabbit hole. The list yeah, of things I he did wrong, but but I do think the point here is that um, you know it would be nice to have a president who doesn't have a track record already of doing. I think the here's the thing: if you're actually a politician and that's your career, to get to the point where you get to run for president you have to join the club and you got to do a whole bunch of stuff that compromises your character right Mm -hmm. because i believe even obama had much purer intentions for what he wanted to do than what he ended up doing and it's because that's the game and when you play the game and you get there it's too late you it's like they say like you you lay with dogs you get fleas right like so (laughs) Uh, yeah. Somebody's friend, uh, some my one of my friend's dad said that to me once. That's totally true, though. Uh, it's true, though. <laughs> yeah. But and so um, I think Trump is one extreme example of coming from the outside, but he immediately. I mean, his agenda was the opposite of Andrew Yang, right? Like, yeah. let's get somebody from the outside who actually genuinely cares. And plus, Trump was never one of the people. Come on, um, so. So I don't know. I think that it would be a good experiment. And the other thing, though, to go back to what we were saying about UBI is that my other thing that I tell people is like, look, you don't know if even if you don't know or believe that UBI is good or bad or whatever. um, Let's just remember that money is all monopoly money anyways. (laughs) So to give uh, real Americans like a thousand dollars of fake money, which is what it really is. 
Why not? Because they're just going to keep printing it anyways. You know well, what I mean? Well, what's crazy like, to me is uh, I've had like a lot of conservative people say like a lot of stuff that's not true about getting UBI, like how they're going to pay for it. I had some guys said they're going to steal it from Social Security, which is mm. like they're not. Yeah. Anyway, um, where they're getting it from, which you talked about in the last podcast, is mm. mainly through the VAT tax. And mm-hmm. then the savings through giving people $1,000 a month because it would get rid of a lot of other programs. But... And it'll definitely stimulate the local economy. Yes, but yeah. my, my main question is for people that don't believe in UBI, is that, listen, okay, you don't believe in UBI, you don't want to give people $1,000 a month because you don't believe it's going to be true. That's mm. never going to happen. So what is your plan for these companies continually not paying federal taxes? Do you have any plan for that? <laughs> You're just going to keep them, just let them not pay for those taxes? How about we make them pay for this shit in a way that they cannot possibly maneuver out of it which is what every other uh, per, uh private citizen that it's you know makes millions of dollars or company that they could just snake out of all these financial duties that they have to america because there's literally zero chance that you can take a google and grow it in china or grow it in australia or grow it in fucking ireland you know what i mean like you can't do it mm. you need the resources here in america and you're using these resources through our tax money mm. that's and, a fair point that's a fair point yeah they need to pay their fair share you know, and the fact that they're not doing it, and people just to just totally ignore it. Oh, just let them keep not paying those taxes. Let them just not contribute to our society that they're literally uh, gaining from. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous to me. You know? I agree with that. I mean, uh, I have been having this fantasy lately <laughs> that that I have like Thanos powers, and when I snap, <laughs> all the people in power who knowingly did something harmful and malicious to the people disappear. Or, <laughs> actually, the, the fantasy got deeper. It was like, they have to publicly say everything that they did, and then either they disappear or they just live like in a prison for the rest of their life where wow. everybody else could watch them and pay for the consequence and i realized okay that's not going to happen so let's just get andrew yang elected <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but if i ever figure out how to put the uh, infinity gauntlet together then uh you know there's gonna be a lot of politicians missing all of a sudden <laughs> he's he's the guy so yes uh, okay now we're gonna uh switch gears a little bit sure so uh kmag since i've yanged you <laughs> Uh, you have done much more for the Yang campaign than I have. I, I've donated mm-hmm. some money mm-hmm. to the Yang campaign. But she's putting in that sweat equity. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. Cause, so can you talk about how you are contributing to the Andrew Yang 2020 campaign? Yes, I can. So mm-hmm. I, I've also given money, which, I, disclaimer, I've never, ever given money to a political political campaign Ever. Yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I dropped my first donation back in June of last year. Wow, it was June? Yeah. Holy it was shit. it was actually right after I watched the Joe Rogan podcast. So that's about how long um I've been on in the gang. Um nice. yes. And actually to be to be very honest, I actually donated to Tulsi Gabbard's campaign. Mm-hmm. Um like yesterday. Sure. Yeah, I, told, I, I, I felt wait, it. she's still in it? She is. She is. Yeah. She is. Um yeah. I think she's I, I'm like very you know, predicty, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to do big things in New Hampshire. Mm. She's, she's like been concentrating on New Hampshire the way that Yang is concentrating on Iowa. On, on Iowa. Yeah. My, um, my dream campaign is the two of them together. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That um, would be pretty cool. That would be the most progressive. It would be really fantastic. Yeah. 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 And, and he does say he that. wants a female VP. So. Oh really? Yes. 
Yes. I'm totally down. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've, I've donated my money. Um, and for a long time, I, I kind of, I would just kind of drop money, you know, here and there. And, and then I'd join Twitter, you know, and, and the, the Twitter sphere and, um, you know, I, I wasn't really doing a whole lot. And then I got um, some kind of email about the this thing called Pen Pals for Yang. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, that sounds kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So essentially what they do is is they have these lists of addresses um, mm-hmm. for people in Iowa, right? Because, again, Iowa is kind of the, the centric fo- focus here. Yeah. Um, and they want people to just write a small letter to random people in Iowa. Um, tell them that, you know, I'm a volunteer for the campaign, so I'm not being paid. Mm-hmm. Um, I give them money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm paying to do this. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, so it's essentially you you just write letters and you send them off to the people in Iowa and, you know, kind I of... I had no idea about that. So do they yeah. give you guidelines on what to write about? Um, sort of. Essentially, they tell you just really be yourself mm-hmm. and explain why. Yeah. You know, why, why you, you want... Andrew Yang to be the next president of the United States of America, why you believe in him. Right. Um, and it, it's actually, I, I mean, I love to write um, anyway. Mm. Um, so it, it just kind of felt natural. And and it, to be very honest, so I, I signed up for it, um, I think in like early December, got my list of addresses, and then I kind of sat on it for a while. Um, I bought some cute stationery because I wanted to be, I'm like, I'm that kind of person, sure. right? Well, you're um, an artist too. Yes, yes, I am. Um, so I, I bought some cute, you know, Christmassy USA, very centric, like Santa Claus, mm-hmm. American flag, nice. stationery. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to send these out, like, bef- around the time of, like, the December debate. Never got around to it, you know. Um, and I it felt very bad about it. I thought about it all the time. And then I finally, like, um, in early January, I finally sat down and said, you know what? I'm just going to write these. Mm-hmm. And they, it came, it just kind of happened very naturally, you know. I, I just kind of said... Happy New Year. This is my name. You know, this is where I'm from, and, and I'm a volunteer with the campaign. And let me tell you about, you know, this presidential candidate and, you know, what he stands for and, and what I like about him and how I think this can help mm. um, other people, right? So it wasn't – like, the letters that I wrote weren't, you know, talking about me. Like, um, like for UBI, for example, right, like giving – everyone $1,000 a month after the age of 18 until the day you expire, which is really profound to me. It makes me think of people like my dad. My mm. dad worked for the U.S. government. I mean, he was in the Navy. He's a Vietnam veteran. Mm. Um, he worked for NASA in in um, in the Bay Area, you know, for 30-plus years. He just retired. It'll be two years next month. Um, and he got a part-time job. My dad's 67. Well, because he had to. Um, not because, <laughs> not because he had to. Oh, okay. So my dad's a drag racer. <laughs> That's interesting. And he, he just actually, he scraped together money to purchase his, um, his, um, cousin's 72 Ford Ranchero. I'm not a car person, so sure. I'm just kind of spewing the mm-hmm, details. Mm-hmm. Um, but he drag races. So mm-hmm. he goes every Wednesday when track season is open, which yeah. is like, you know, March until November um, when it's not raining and he, he drag races. So essentially he wanted extra money outside of the mm. small retirement that mm-hmm. he has um, um, to be able to fund this sure. hobby. So mm-hmm. he started car parts. Yes. He, <laughs> he wants, wanted for car parts. Yeah. That's a, that's a short explanation to <laughs> yeah. what I've just said. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he got a job at an auto parts store uh-huh. doing, you know, delivery driving, right? He, okay. he got this job. It's a minimum wage job. 
Um, it's very local. It's just down the street from where they live. So it's convenient for him. Mm-hmm. But then they started having him do harder labor tasks, mm. inventory, putting things up. Mm. He actually injured himself oh, on the job. And it, it's just, it just breaks my heart mm. that my dad, who has worked all his life, is working again, yeah. you know, just to get some extra spending cash. And he's very... He's very jaded, mm. right, about the political, you know, atmosphere, which mm-hmm. rightfully so. Sure. You know, what has what has the government really done for my dad, right? Um, which is crazy when your government failed him. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, right. It's, it's crazy when you're when you've been in the military and you're just like, yeah, you don't what get government anything for, me? for it. Right. Yeah. Right. And he, and he actually joined mm-hmm. the Navy. I think fully, obviously, fully knowing that he was. Well, that go was to the Vietnam. last generation that they volunteered. Yeah. Yeah. Before. So he did volunteer. They had the the real. I mean, well, honestly, no, they, they had a draft when he was. They he did jo- have a draft, he joined, but he joined. But I mean, there were still people in the beginning, at least before the footage started getting leaked and stuff but in terms of people joining because of actual american values and believing in something good you know carried over from world war ii yeah and yeah and then I'd, obviously vietnam was when they realized oh wait a second that's yeah, not how well, it works so anymore we have conversations now where it's just like why are we still in afghanistan and iraq like both me and him we go back and forth it's just like there's no point to like being in these these wars like what yeah. the fuck well it's too late now though that's the thing about, it's not i mean that's late. a separate i don't know i think it's a forever war now no it's not a forever war it's we can have another conversation if you want yeah. that's we, gonna we have to hold that. a whole yeah, different separate. topic it's not a forever war yeah. they, they're making a forever war well that's also true yeah yeah that's also true but i think i don't know we'll see but um so what else though well we want to talk about uh how did you get involved? Like, so you're more involved with Andrew Yang's campaign than I'm I am. I'm starting to, so yeah, I'm, I'm, by the way, actually, I had a really devious idea based from what you were talking about with the letters. Oh. If you give me those addresses, I will send letters and say, I am a Trump supporter. And if you don't vote for Trump, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> what, why would you do that? Definitely don't do that. Um, I will so, not be doing that. No, because then dark. they'll be like, what the heck? I better not vote for Trump. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Mm, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. reverse that's psychology. Th- yeah. Threats, <laughs> threats um, against someone's life is probably not very humanity first. Yeah. So. Probably not. So, I, like I said, I had a, that it's from an the official idea. record. That's, that's humanity last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I text bank too. So okay. humble brag. Nice text there. banks. Yeah. Nice. And she has to like respond to. All... She was telling me like. like oh my god. Yeah, the first couple of days that I did it, holy shit, I got a lot of like people being like, "Fuck you, oh, Trump wow. 2020." I had one dude like send me a bunch of like American flag emojis and like clown emojis, mm-hmm. and I was like, like, <laughs> I'm a very non-confrontational person. I don't, I don't like. I f- stranger danger, right? Yeah. Like uh, that's very real to me. Sure. Um, I am super introverted. I mean, not with people that I know, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah so f- that was like stepping way out of my comfort zone, and then to have like people just be like, "Fuck you! I'm voting for Trump." Mm. You know, Trump keeps all his promises, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> "Yeah, he doesn't." <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I can't respond to this. Oh, it's Whoa, so cringy. Yeah. It, it got better after a couple of days. Like, sure. it got more comfortable with yeah, the yeah. responses. They they set up like text banking, so that there's a whole bunch of like you know, 
like auto-generated responses mm. that I could kind of copy and paste. There's in. no fuck you to response. No, no. <laughs> they, they, I, I did have to sign There's a no form mama that, jokes? that I would that I would keep it humanity of first, course, of which course, is yeah. is not terribly. Difficult so clearly, for I'm me. disqualified from that. Y- yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, so definitely yeah. don't text banker. I don't. I don't think you want a text banker. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm or a little bit too. I got too much um, mischievous uh, Calvin inside of me. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to like. Anyways, but um, so. Basically, you know, as I talked about in the last episode, I, I filmed uh, some events for free, um, you know, just volunteering my time with whatever skill set I have, um, which, by the way, it turns out to be not very useful other than filming. Um, I'm not good at many things other than telling stories. <laughs> well, that, you're pretty good at that. So Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to denigrate myself. That's like me but... saying I'm not good at computers. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm okay at computers, but that's like my main thing. You know, it's all good. <laughs> but, but, you know, trying to contribute where I can and, and, uh, and I've donated too, but, um, I, so I did the, an event recently and I got, uh, in contact with one of the, um, campaign managers for, I guess, California and Nevada. And then I just sent him the edited, video from the event and i said hey like if you want any free video work uh you know i'm here and i know people who are willing to help out and he said okay and he he called me and was like okay like what we'll do is we'll give you something small and then see how you do and then like we can progress from there and and you'll get more responsibility and then immediately he was like like the later that day he was like actually i need a video like right now (laughs) and i was like in the middle of like a big project and i was like yes i got you and then so he had me edit together like uh like a one minute clip to uh promote on social media for asian americans and to I, and donate. I saw it yeah it was good it was pretty funny yeah. actually i'm and, not even asian i'm like yo, yeah. this is fucking good. <laughs> and <I'm inspired>. uh <laughs> and i was dying to be honest i was struggling because uh i had to work and then i started that when i finished work so i didn't finish editing that until like 6 a.m well, so I was really brain dead, but I was like, oh, this is my chance to like, I mean, you can't offer and then say I, I'll do it and then not do it. show up yeah. with excuses immediately. I mean, that's how you immediately get disqualified. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I mean, if there's anything I've learned from being in the service industry, which is what I am, um, the faster you do your job, the more trust you build and the more respect and the more opportunity you get, you know? Um, so anyway, so I busted my butt. Um, he, he really liked it. Um, so I think, uh, I'll keep, obviously keep doing work for them, but, but I have, um, definitely more ideas on how to help. I think, uh, the campaign has done really well, but I think just like with Obama, he won because so many people, took it upon themselves Mm -hmm. to do what they had to do and use their intelligence and expertise and resources to to get the word out and stuff and so i definitely want to go to the next level um which is why what why we're doing this podcast right this is part of it um and so i think uh you know i have ideas too that i think are really um pretty pretty useful for the campaign Nothing. I mean, I was just joking about the the Trump the letters thing. Um, I wouldn't actually do that, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> but uh, but but I definitely want to do um, things. I want. I think the the idea for for me the approach I want to take is that I want to 
Because, look, just like we said, like, we don't need to preach to Yang Gang, right? We need to convert everybody else, right? And so all the ideas I have are more related to getting the, the, um, it's more, this is what I think. All we have to do is we have to make more Americans aware of the issues and the facts, and then Andrew Yang will bring it home because he is relentlessly clear and honest and just data facts driven about what he says Mm -hmm. and i think that once you you get on the board with being aware of the issues it'll be clear over time who actually has better answers right like yeah it's just a lot of people don't even know what the issues are and so it's hard hard for them to wrap their head around it like if if nobody's even ever considered the fact that they're probably going to lose their job in the next couple decades Yes. Then of course they're not going to care. But you know who cares? Truck drivers. You know why? Because they've seen videos of trucks drive around with no drivers yes. in it, yeah. and they see it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, like one of my main things is that when I when I hear Trump supporters talking about, oh, our economy is doing so good. You know, we're running all, on all cylinders. It's like, you know, how has your life gotten better? Yeah, exactly. With <laughs> President Trump has, has it gotten that much better? Like seriously, have, have, have right. you gained? 25% more of your income while right. you've been president? No. Right. Like, I'm not surprised. You probably, you're probably just, you're probably exactly the same as you were when yeah. you got president. Or, or, or worse. Or worse. Like, there's no way that you've gotten that much better. And it's and here's the thing. It's going to be worse because he's repealing so many laws and protections yeah. and destroying so many safeguards for our society that mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, okay, economy's doing good, but... How's how's that lead in your water taste? You know. Yeah, like, I, I, I literally I, I I don't understand how people will just say like they'll they'll quote the economy being so good, but it's like, how is that affecting you? Has your life gotten better since he's gotten elected? But they don't see that because they've no. been brainwashed. Yeah, right? and, in exactly. the same way that that we all have. It's it's like living in the matrix, right? <laughs> yeah. What pill are you gonna choose? Right. Because yeah. our, our economy is not great right now. Like, we all, mm. everybody listening to this podcast right now, we all know somebody that has fallen off mm. and that has not been able to recover. Mm-hmm. Every single person listening to this podcast, everyone. It's true. If, and, it's, if it's not you listening to this podcast. Yeah, if it's know? not you. And, and, and I think to your point, K-Mac, um, I think the real truth is, though, instead of asking, like, why Trump supporters do all this and stuff, the, the fact of the matter is on both left and right – um, because it's become such a personal, like, identity-based war mm. that they don't actually care about the truth in a way that means that they'll have to question their guy, right? Because on yeah. the left side, it's the same way, too. Like, extreme left, they are totally fine with the First Amendment going out the window and and yeah. freedom of speech disappearing because somebody's saying something that they don't like, you know what I mean? And it's like, um, that's why Andrew Yang is brilliant because his campaign is literally not left, not right, forward. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. can you get any more fair and balanced than that? Yeah, and uh, I, yeah. I wouldn't even call him like a centrist. Like, he's literally on another plane. Yeah. Exactly. He's I, not even on the same measurement as them. Yeah, and if, I, if I'm guessing, if he didn't, if it wasn't a two-party system, he wouldn't be a, a Democrat oh, running in this, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but he has to, and that's fine. But but I think um, so. I think we have to move past asking, you know, why do people do this? Why do people do that? And let's just figure out, okay, how can we help them 
uh, and and I don't even think when you try to convince somebody, it's even like the way that you yanged her, right? You can't be like, look, you need to, you got to listen yeah. to him and you got to believe. It's like, no, 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 just here, just, just, it's like you're putting the food on the plate, but you're yeah. not saying you have to eat it. It's yeah. just like, no, it's there. Like, yeah. just take a little nibble and see, like, yeah. oh, that's actually I not see that you bad. eyeballing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, I know. So I think that's the way to go. And, and for me, um, I want to spend my energy and my expertise creating content and stuff that will just help um, the issues get out there. So, for instance, I had an idea for a viral video where um, you, you know, social experiment style, right? Like, you just you have $1,000 cash. And you stop people and you say, hey, like, if I were to give you $1,000 right now, what would you do? What would you spend that money on? Yeah. Mm. Right? Like, if you were to get $1,000 every month, can you tell me what bills and what this would go to? Would would it go towards your kids? Would they ha- be able to have better um, after-school activities? Um, you know, would you pay off your some of your school debt every month? I think if... If you actually get everyday people to actually share how they would spend the money, it'll start going into, um, it'll seep into the consciousness of the the average person. Because the average person, guess what? For all the people who talk about like, I want to earn my money, I want to deserve it, I don't want handouts. It's like, yeah, but if you found a thousand dollars on the street, you, you would pick that <laughs> shit up. And okay, guess nice. what? You didn't earn it. And so I think once it's actually on the table where it's like, by the way, you are getting this money, nobody's going to say no. Only the people who are really hard-headed or, again, like you're saying, like really wealthy and really don't need it. But yeah. pretty much everybody else can think of things, how $1,000 is going to change their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I think it would change ours, too. I mean, Absolutely. We, we make good money right i mean we live in Mm -hmm. silicon valley yeah we we make excellent money we have good jobs Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) but But it would still i mean i'd I'd pay the shit off all all my bills would be done my debt would be gone well i mean to be honest if andrew yang became president and we had the freedom dividend oh i'd quit my job so fast yeah it's okay just quit your job I love that. But that's actually a point that he makes, though, is that um, it will allow, for instance, people who want to spend more time with their kids yeah. to do that. Well, I think right? I would be able to choose. So when I when I was a kid, mm-hmm. my dream was to be a teacher. Mm. I which is like wanted the lowest to be paid, underappreciated a job teacher. In yeah. My first major in college mm. was early childhood education. Oh, wow. I moved through to decide to take like my teaching credentials mm-hmm. to teach um, mm-hmm. geology. And then when I was when I was majoring in geology, I hit this point in my career where I made more money yeah. than I ever would mm. becoming a teacher. And I paid for school sure. by myself. Oh, wow. I didn't take loans because I didn't want the debt. Uh, I didn't want to be straddled with the debt. Yeah. Um, I did get some financial aid, but it was very early on, like when I like had first graduated mm-hmm. high school. Um, but I, I essentially paid my way through college. Mm. And then I, I hit that barrier and I was like, well, shit, what am I doing this for? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, what, what am I wasting my money on college for? I've got a good paying job. They don't require me to have a, a college degree. And, and I'm, I'm continuing to come up in the ranks and make more and more money. Mm-hmm. I mean, but now I've. I've gone backwards a little bit where I'm thinking like, okay, like it's time to make a complete shift, yeah. right? Because I, I, I started studying again. Mm-hmm. I started going back to school. I, you, my, my, um, my work is actually paying for it. 
So that well, was like huge incentive. And you don't like your job anymore. I don't. That's a big problem. I don't. Yeah. But that's. But that's actually one of the talking points is that when you have the freedom dividend, it allows you to reassess your life yeah. and make different decisions. Yeah. Because we are, frankly, you know, if you don't have fu money, then you are stuck. Yes, you're. You're really. Your options are limited mm-hmm. to based on what is going to get your bills paid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know I would take the thousand because I could use it too. I mean, again, if you don't have fu money, you're gonna find a, a positive use for that. Yeah. You know, and uh, and for the people who say like, oh, you know, whatever drugs, all that stuff. I mean, look, it's like you're saying, people are gonna do it anyways. And the other thing, and this is just dark, if somebody um, uses the drugs and kills himself. They're not going to be taking that money after that, anyways. <laughs> 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 For everybody else, that was definitely dark. <laughs> that was very dark. Not that we want that. And also, he talks about how you know we need to, um, you know, it's not just it's not he's not ever even saying that this is the answer to fix your problems. It's just yeah. the bare minimum help and support we need so we don't just crumble as a society, yeah, it right? the floor. It gives us all the same exact starting point, which yeah. we don't have right now. Exactly. And that starting point is not zero. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, you know, he points out that we still will need to fix the healthcare system and the oh, education God. system yeah. and, and yeah. pay teachers more. And, yeah. and it really blows my mind in this country how every parent says, yes, the children are the future, the children are the most important thing, and then the teachers get paid the least and they are criminally like overworked and how many teachers spend their own money on their students oh, and yeah. stuff yeah. i mean yeah. it's standard and so you know the test i mean the thing you know in korea you know they have like some of the highest test scores uh, in the in the world um and definitely like their average is incredible and here's the difference in korea teachers are paid a lot of money in Korea, teachers, you know what they're called? They're called world builders. Yeah, wow. well, they, yeah, that's what they do. Like, imagine, exactly. Like, they're actually being acknowledged. For, so imagine if your job title was world builder. I'm going to put that on my resume. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's a complete 180 from, from the way uh, America treats their teachers. Well, the main know? reason why is because our school system is based upon some old school Prussian system yeah, it's, to make it's, workers. Yeah, we're supposed to be workers. That's all it's for. Um, are, and honestly, let's keep it real. The the powers that be in every generation of humanity has never wanted the people, quote, to be educated. No, no. I mean, the power, the, the ability to control us is dependent on us not being uh, enlightened yes. and informed. Education is enlightenment. It is. Yeah. It's power. It's yes. educate. Knowledge is truly power. And yes. so... Um, you look at Korea and they were able to come from a third world country to, you know, one of, I don't know what, where they're in the top 10 or top 12 or whatever. They're pretty high. They're pretty high though. But also, I mean, they're one of the fastest in ever to rise. (coughs) South Korea only. Yeah. South Korea, obviously. (laughs) North Korea, that's a different story. But, but, and it's because they put so much importance on education and and they doubled down on that by actually paying the teachers well. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, and and that's you know that's important. Like they they actually they're really investing in their kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think in America we are. No, I know? think in America though it's not even. And I don't want to say in a way that parents think that they're being blamed. I think that 
um, parents themselves are overworked and underappreciated in every walk of life pretty much so that it's really hard to raise your kid and also not even we're not even talking about technology and the way that it makes it so complicated to try and raise a kid this in this day and age and and the impact and all that stuff but but yeah i mean the fact that you have to have two income household to be able to support your family mm-hmm. and and that's just like we're talking survival. We're not even talking like you get to you're like you're not thriving. No, yeah. you don't you know, you don't get to go on vacation somewhere nice in general with just the standard two income household like and look, even the Bay Area, we talk about we're very fortunate, but it is very surreal to live in a place where making 100,000 is considered poor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a little mind-blowing that you're considered, you know, to be Poor, well, so you know, and you're crazy. making six figures, well, right? It's crazy. I was talking to a KMX yeah. father about this yeah. earlier today. We we're working on some some stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I was saying how you know the, the Bay Area has been like sort of like the bastion of like intelligence for like like way longer than we think it is. It's not mm. just since the '90s. It's been like since the the '60s and '70s. Sure. And now we have the kids from the from those people yeah. that were like very smart that worked here. Yep. And. We are just improving upon that intelligence. We're mm. making money too, so that obviously we're going to make more money than our parents did because right. we're we're just building upon what they already knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we took it like so when Kim Ak was growing up, like her her dad worked at NASA, mm-hmm. and so he would take her to to her to his work. Yeah, like who, pretty cool. You can't. <laughs> it was very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty have, rare. Can't yeah. have some kid in like Minnesota or no, you know Iowa or something like that. Like take their kid to fucking NASA. You know what I mean? Show them like, look at what science can do. Look at what you can do. Yeah. When you grow up, my my uh, my dad, he worked at the Stanford Linear Accelerator, mm. and he took me there. It's a three mile long building where they literally collide fucking atoms together. Yeah. And I was like, that is awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? But there's very few places in in America where you can do that. So when people say that, you know, oh well, you know, the Bay Area, it's too expensive. It's like not really because look at how much look at how much the brain power of America that we have mm. compared to the most of, most of America. You know, there's other places, don't get me wrong. I totally understand, like, there's Austin, Texas. They have a lot of intelligence, too. Like, as far as, like, concentration of uh, smart people that are, like, pushing for technology mm-hmm. other places, too. But the Bay Area, you cannot beat it. I don't think even in the world, mm. you cannot beat the amount of te- technological excellence here. Oh, definitely not. I mean, it's hands you down. You know what I mean? I mean everybody. You can't. It, it's, um, it, you're right, the, the, the part of it's expensive, but what comes with that is that you literally have the most opportunity um, in Silicon Valley, though. I mean, let's also keep in mind. Yeah, that it's not, not, not not Fresno. Not exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not so far Sorry, out of Fresno. that area. But yeah. but the point is, but Fresno's not expensive as expensive as the exactly, Bay Area, right? Yeah. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But either way, that's pretty cool. You got to go to NASA. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you were definitely not one of those kids that was like, my dad's not cool. No, I knew my dad was cool. Yeah. 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 And and well, and I think to your point, like us as kids who grew up in the Bay Area, I think because of because especially our generation, right, Gen X, because mm-hmm. we grew up in the tech boom, mm. yeah. we had this like almost unfair advantage over the rest of the nation, right? As Oh, as definitely. teenagers, because we saw what we yeah. could become right. and create, yeah. right? That's and Andrew Yang has that American Exchange program, yep. right? That's yeah. one of his policies mm-hmm. to take people from Silicon Valley and send them to the Midwest, mm-hmm. and take people from the Midwest 
and send them out here or to New York. Oh, I love right? that. Or to yeah. other areas in the nation so mm-hmm. that people in rural lives can see what people in city lives, you know, are, are doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. But they're like, they're pooping it's... on the sidewalk out here, y'all. <laughs> yeah, don't go to San Francisco. <laughs> Look at all these hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. I think that um, that would be amazing. And actually, I think... That is one of the main reasons why there's so much divide is that um, it's hard to know. Oh, shit, I just broke this. It's okay. I broke Sorry. it. The, the rest of it, it was, you don't even see it. it. I broke it. Okay. but This whole thing like crashed and it broke that. Oh, uh, okay. But it's so hard to um, understand what somebody else's life is like if you don't see it firsthand, oh, yeah. right? Oh, and, yeah. and you can um, try to imagine. You can try to have empathy, but you don't know until you see it. And that's another cool thing about Andrew Yang is that he has true compassion for everybody. Yeah. And he talks about all the time how seeing being on the campaign trail opened his eyes is seeing how people are suffering and yeah. and what they're really going through. And so um so I think it would be nice if we had a freedom dividend because even if they don't live in the Bay Area there will naturally be more opportunity when there's money circulating around and people aren't as stressed about things and they're willing to experiment and try new things and, you know, all that stuff. Well, it's funny, like, for me, like, so if if you're in America, yeah, the the American American exchange would be great. But for me, when I, like, traveled the world, Mm, I was like, holy dude. Like, in America, we have so many advantages that other people don't have. Oh, So once I saw that, and once I saw that, when I traveled as like an African American guy mm-hmm. to a different country, and they just saw me as an American, yep. I was just like shocked. This is this is like they just saw me as, just as an American. Yeah, you know what I mean. All, for all the good and bad, you're just an American. Yeah, I was just like that is awesome. That changed my entire view on life, mm. and I think that I think a lot of people need to see that view. Like mm. where they see you. As you culturally are, because we're there, right. we have, people have cultural differences, but America has like their own culture. When you once you come to America from, I don't care what what ethnicity you're from, two generations, you're right. You're American, yeah. like you you just you're put in that pot and just mm-hmm. spun around and you know. I mean, I'm first generation, and when I went to Korea, they all treated me like an American. Yeah, that, that's how it happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm second generation American, yeah. you know, yeah. so. And, and I am obviously so far removed yeah. that my Scottish and Italian heritage, my ancestors' uh-huh. nationality, it's, it's irrelevant. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm American. But that's the beauty of America, though. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, my dad told me, he's like, America is special because it could be the first country in the world where it truly is um mixed and you know um involves all people you know and and i think that it became popular for republicans to promote and condone racism um because you know honestly you could trace this back to sarah palin because with her came the tea party yeah with the tea party came all the other stuff that we're seeing now it normalized the idea of um Americanism, racism as Americanism, right? Well, and it also didn't help that, you know, with that, what you just said is super valid. But it also didn't help that, you know, the Democratic Party doubled down on not really giving a shit about uh, Caucasian Americans. You know what? And that's true. That's yeah. that's a very good point is that um, Democrats made a huge mistake in terms of ignoring people outside of their base and ignoring the fact that, guess what? This country is made of t- 
tons of people that live in conservative states that have blue collar jobs that when those jobs went away, of course, they're going to be unhappy. Because when you look at the numbers, Democrats did allow a lot of jobs to go overseas. They changed the laws in ways that allowed it made it really easy for foreign corporations to have interests in America. I mean, a lot of things that were not. I mean, that's why um, it's like Joe Rogan talks about how, like, um, you know, he might not like um, everything about Trump, but if there's something he's doing that's not bad, then he's going to say it's not bad, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I, there's things that he does. He's like a, to me, he's like an abusive, like, spouse. <laughs> like, he'll do some good things. He does a shitload of bad things. Like he, he does like a bunch of bad things, and like the good thing he does, like oh, well, he did something good. That's so. called the cycle of abuse. I just yeah. want to put that out there. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I mean, that's basically what he's doing now to all of America. And you know, yeah. they just they totally ignore like all this stuff that he does because he did a couple of good things. It's like, listen, yeah, he did some good things, but he did a lot of bad things that affect a lot of people. Well, so I mean, obviously, the bad well. things are outweighing anything good. But the point to is, us, but yeah. for other people, I'm just like. I know. Honestly, I was was so funny. I'm at the point where I'm just like, at this point, he's done so many effed up things. How can you possibly support him? Right. Well, this is like, (laughs) I'll I'll give one example to the listeners. If you happen to be a you know a Trump supporter, which which, by the way, we still love you. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you made it this far through the podcast, thank you. (laughs) Um, But I mean, when when. President Trump first got elected, like any of my friends will tell you, I gave the guy a chance. Exactly. I was like, listen, I, I was him. one of the people. He did, yeah. much to my irritation. Totally Me too. Yeah. Well, I wasn't irritated, but I was definitely, I remember we had the podcast and you said, yeah. well, you said, let's see what happens. And I was like, dude, I don't need to see. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. and then, but I respect the fact that you have the balance to at least give somebody a shot, right? I gave him a shot. He fucked it up. And he fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll give you like the perfect example. When uh, we'll just take the the migrant children, yeah. for example. Okay. Ooh. So the migrant children thing happened. Like they're they're detaining all these parents and separating the kids and blah blah blah. And so people are like up in arms about it, as you should be as a human being. Yeah. And then so what do these Trump supporters say? Well, Barack Obama did it. I'm just like, okay, well he's wrong too. Like. Honestly, mm. you saying that some other guy did Two it. Two wrongs that, don't make a right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real, that's like one of the basic things when I was growing up, my mom told me. Two that was like one of right. the first lessons yeah. I think, right? that I, was, yeah. that I, like, I remember learning. Yeah, you pointing <laughs> out that some other guy before him did it wrong too, like that doesn't make the next guy more valid. Like, that's, that's kind not, of that's how, not a pass. Exactly. And that's kind of how the whole internet works right now. Everything that's being said, they, they say, oh, but this is. So the other person did that thing. It's like, well, yeah. that's bad too. Yeah, they're both wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's why, I like, when people you know are afraid to criticize Obama, it's like, hey, I love him compared to Trump, but if I had a chance to have a private conversation, I would definitely be like, yo, why don't you tell me what's up with prosecuting more whistleblowers than any freaking yeah. president in history? Tell, like tell about bombing all these uh, people in Afghanistan, Iraq, which I watched every day when I was over in Qatar. I had a feed of literally a, oh, really? there's a 120 foot screen in front of me in separate screens where I Different literally watched getting bombed. Yeah. Every Whoa, fucking day. That's crazy. Every day I was working, people just getting bombed <laughs> like a motherfucker. I'm just like, dude, are you for real? Like, there's no way we had intel, yeah. like legit intel yeah, on yeah. all these places. And I'm, I saw a lot of people fucking die. That's crazy, dude. So it's just like, That's dude. That's wild. People don't realize that. I think, what do you think about this, though? This is a little off topic, but it's related to AI. One thing I'm wondering about is, um, I think as individuals, we're 
it seems like it's impossible for us to find common ground because we don't know what other people are experiencing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we actually, like, linked all our brains up, I mean, granted, it would be very embarrassing for the first decade. (laughs) But would that be a way for us to get past stuff? Because if you actually knew what was going on in people's lives and really could feel it for yourself, like, would you... That's why people call VR the empathy machine, because... Ex- actually experiencing a oh, situation, yeah, yeah, it can be, is completely different than... I mean, like, for instance, when I went to Rwanda, look, I've watched Save the Children commercials, and they're sad, but I turn them off because yeah. I don't want to deal with it. You don't get it you're there. But when I went there, it was like, changed my life because i was like wow these people are suffering and if you're a human being and you see another human suffering you don't care about politics or anything like that you just want them to not suffer and i think i think americans are suffering more than they ever have and i think that's why they're so angry and that's why they're unable to think clearly that was actually something that he said on joe rogan that i really um made me think is he talked about how when you're stressed out and angry, your IQ goes down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now you look at the fact that we got, like, the majority of Americans stressed out and angry. So, of course, we're arguing and, like, not caring what other people are saying and and being, you know, petulant and all that stuff. Because our IQ, we're basically all idiots right now. You know well, what I mean? Well, it's just, like, breaking down the... <laughs> stressed you know, out idiots. Scarcity, scarcity and abundance. Like, yes. I've lived literally both lifestyles mm-hmm. of, like, having... Mm-hmm. Like scarcity is stressful all the time. Like when I, when I, when for me when I was like when things were scarce, I gained a bunch of weight. Yeah, I wasn't happy. Exactly. You know now it's that easy. I, now that I have abundance, life is way fucking easier. <laughs> you know it's way fucking easier. Like I have s- stress still, yeah. but it's way less than what it used to be. It's yeah. like I can still feed myself. I can still feed my family. You know I have mm-hmm. excess income. Like it's it's way easier. Than Plus, like, you have a gratitude that you have that ability, and I think yeah. that also gives you mental stability to know that you can do it. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah. So, I think that's why UBI would be would give a lot of... Because, like he says, like for most Americans, most Americans, an unexpected $500 bill is going to wipe them out, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, what was... There were some crazy stats. It wasn't Yang, but it was... Um, Oh, I was watching a different YouTube channel, and he was talking about how with millennials, um, I mean, the specific numbers I'm not going to get right, but it was like the percentage of people who even have $1,000 in the bank right now is like lower than ever before. Which is crazy to me. Dude, hold on. So remember we talked about uh, the negative interest rate before? Remember mm-hmm. I mentioned that to you, the negative interest rate? Because the interest rates keep going down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Remember the conversation we had? Yes, I remember the conversation. I still don't understand the concept, but I remember the conversation. It is happening now with some banks already. They're already starting mm-hmm. to do negative interest rates. So for people that don't understand what the fuck I'm talking about, you're like, Cronus, what, what is negative interest rates? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you understand that uh, if, if you're paying attention to financial matters or President Trump or uh, at least if you, have, if you own a home or think about owning a home with like the interest rates, they keep going down over the past yep. few years. Mm-hmm. And they keep and for me, I was like, they're going down, but that's not good because... Uh, people, the vast majority of the Americans don't understand that the interest rates with your mortgage are tied to the interest rates for your bank. Yes. Okay. So when they keep talking about putting, like, having the interest rate go down and down and down, um, it's great for, if you own a home 
or if you don't have a savings account. Mm-hmm. So when they get to a certain level to where they basically cut interest rates to zero and they go negative, that basically means that you have to pay the bank to hold your, to money. Hold your money. Yeah. So when President Trump first, first started saying that we need to keep cutting the Fed, keep cutting the Fed, I'm like, I mean, it's great for a mortgage, but if you're an average American and you don't own a home and you have a savings account, it's going to be awful. And it's it's happening now. There's already banks right now that are that have a negative interest rate. Yeah, it's it's not just this is goes beyond politics. Um, I was actually just hearing about this on a different like a financial um, channel, and um, so actually, I would urge listeners if you don't understand how money works, uh, there's a YouTube series called Secrets of Money. <laughs> it's a little bit of a hokey name, but it will open your eyes because this guy just breaks down very simply with you know animated pictures and stuff explaining how money works why there's inflation you know um why we're in the problems that we're in and why money is becoming um obsolete or it's just well it already was obsolete since we got off the gold standard well so. I mean, exactly yeah. <laughs> so you already get it so the whole yeah. point is that so for listeners so you can get a gist of it when money was first created, it used to be backed by gold, right? So what that meant is that for every dollar that was in circulation, there was an equivalent of a gold worth that dollar, right? And then what happened was it was like 8 or 10 or 12 of the richest fucks decided to get together. They did it secretly because if anybody knew what they were doing, they would have been shot down. They're the ones that created the Federal Reserve. So if you don't know, the Federal Reserve is not a government entity. It's It's a private organization created by rich people. And basically what the Federal Reserve did was it replaced the gold standard. And so they said that, look, we're not going to base – we're not going to calculate how much money is in this country based on gold anymore. It's just going to be basically paper money. And that's why um, when the money gets spent – they have to keep printing more and why inflation. So inflation didn't exist before the Federal Reserve because what happens is um, when you have imaginary money and you're, you get incur more debt and then you pay it with imaginary money, right? Who's covering the difference? The American people. Yeah. By saying that your dollar is now worth... Yeah. 75 cents instead of a dollar and in next year it'll be worth 50 cents instead of a dollar so so rich people keep playing with imaginary money and they just keep passing around imaginary money and the taxes on all of us because all our money becomes more and more worthless so that's why also with the interest rates that's also a result of that and why it's insane if you think about it that eventually you will have to pay a bank to save your money for you. And they're just going to spend your money anyways, yeah, right? That's so what, Any bank that you go to, <laughs> when you give them your money, they're taking your money and giving it to somebody else. Right. Through yeah. loans and other things. If you didn't know that, then And the Secrets you know. of Money YouTube <laughs> channel is amazing because he talks about all of this. And he talks about how the banks are actually really open about what they do. They actually literally tell you what they're doing. It's like a magic trick. It's like it's when... A, they're all Ponzi schemes. Exactly. They really are. And so... Um, you know, uh, that's why, you know, people who are Bitcoin or, or, you know, cryptocurrency advocates were so big on that because they they know that money is fake. And so they wanted something that is more tangible, you know. Now, obviously, that has problems and they haven't really figured that out yet. But yeah. but the point is that paper money is completely worthless. And um, 
you know, we're getting poorer by the minute just without doing anything. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> what's insane to me is that, you know, they, they push for the average American person to have a savings account. There is literally no wealthy person in America that has a savings account. None of them. None of them. Because there's, there's literally no point. No. Because, first of all, the, the amount of money that you're getting back is a savings account to a bank, you're giving them money to give towards other people explicitly. Yep. That's all it is for. Yep. If you're wealthy, you invest in things. Yep. And like the for right now, the the best thing you can do is invest in the fucking stock market. Mm-hmm. Even though traditionally I would say it was not a great investment, it's basically gambling. But right now it's great because the the government is putting in they're just pumping in money into the stock market. They're making all these uh policies that make the stock market, you know, more uh, worth more. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at when they killed that... that uh, Suleimani? Yeah, Suleimani. Mm-hmm. I called this shit right when they killed the guy. I was like, watch, tomorrow, uh, Raytheon, uh, Halliburton, mm. uh, there's a couple other companies, too. They were all defense contractors. Tomorrow, they're going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And it skyrocketed. I mean, like, literally, they went, like, a whole... huge percentage points. Mm-hmm. They went up because they knew that because they killed this guy, they have to reinvest in Iraq and Afghanistan... They have to, uh, you know, reinforce all these places, and it's going to come through defense contracting companies and not the military. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's exactly what happened. Like the first thing that happened, just like through, you know, twenty, you know, ten to twenty percent, stock went up. It's like it's amazing. You can just call it, and it's it is to me, it is so ridiculously transparent. But to the most American people, they don't even get it. They just keep putting their money in savings accounts. They don't understand like. Well, you because it used to things. be okay to do that, right? Yeah, but like, not anymore. In, yeah. Not anymore, but it's it takes a couple, like a generation or two for people to get wise. But I think that the challenge here that we're facing as Americans is that the people in power, they've they got the game on lock now. Like, they've really figured out how to game the system on every level. Um, and we're not equipped to understand it so how the heck are we even going to deal with it so that's why you need a president that isn't part of that system that actually genuinely cares about people like us and will at least try to do something about it right based on that compassion i think you know you look at like obama it's like i think he did the changes that he could do that did not step on the toes of the actual system that's in place right like healthcare, um, gay rights, all that stuff, that doesn't actually stop the people on top from no, yeah. doing what they're doing. But well, in healthcare the, especially, that that gave them more money. Exactly, yeah. and 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 on top of that, they're still making their military money. They yeah. didn't. They never stopped that. No, so I mean, all. you know, I, um, I can go overseas right now and make a whole shitload of money. Yeah, right I bet now, you could. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So. Um, so I think humanity first is the perfect slogan for this generation, and yeah. I think it's the one we needed. So I guess you could say Andrew Yang is Batman because <laughs> he's the hero <laughs> that we need but don't deserve. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I think most Americans are. Yeah, they just, I mean, they don't, the fact that most people don't understand him at yeah. this point in time. But I, I get it because the media is not behind him so far. No, They're and, starting and, to get towards him more, but... But the, the good... the. The opportunity we have here is that there's not, um, you know, when Obama was running, there was a lot of misinformation about him immediately. Oh yeah, like he's a Muslim and all that. All shit. that I was BS. Just like, Dude, what um, the fuck? So 
right now, Andrew Yang has avoided that. Yeah, and I think the the main thing is like me and Kemek had conversations about this. I was like, they're just gonna they're gonna eat their own until he's gonna come out on top. Well, that's the thing is that's what I'm hoping. So, and then obviously, you know, once he's the actual um, candidate, then that's when the mud will start coming out. But I think there's a lot of mud. Well, that's what I was about to say. The other thing is because he doesn't have a track record, they can't be like, oh, you said this, and then you said that, and then you changed your mind. It's like, nope, he's been saying the exact same thing since he started. Laser focused. (laughs) Yeah. But I think we should probably wrap it up because it's getting late. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Anything else you want to add on to here, K-Mac? My lovely (laughs) K-Mac. No, just Yang Gang. Yang Gang. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, think February 3rd is when we're going to start shocking. Because I, I, I really and truly honestly believe that he's going to take Iowa. Yeah. I, I think I mean, so, because they said he was the only one in... He's in... the only candidate there yeah. right now. Which was crazy. Yeah. yeah, and we're a week and a half, right, from the caucus? He's learning from Hillary Clinton's mistakes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because she didn't even campaign in Michigan. Mm. And that was just said that she really needed. You know what I mean? And she just didn't even... Hillary was too cocky. She was, and she's still I think cocky. she assumed she had the women's vote locked in, which she yes. didn't. Well, and they they tried to push women to vote for her, I know. for her, right? And I was I was outraged yeah. about that. And actually, I I broke our like no politics discussion <laughs> when we were doing Earth Girls Are Easy yeah. because that was when like um, somebody who was for Hillary, some prominent female something, I don't yeah. remember, but she was like basically like if you're a woman and you're not voting for Hillary, like. Like you suck. I mean, there was more to that than no, yeah, yeah. what I've just obviously she, said. But literally, but I was this... like, "Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me that I, right. I'm a woman, so I have to vote right. for her right. just solely because she's a woman." Right. Well, Get out of here! And there's audio of her like literally laughing about a, a woman that got raped, oh, really? and that yeah, and that she like basically she was on the, I think it was the defense of the prosecutor side, but basically. She got it, like, kind of thrown out of court. She was laughing about it. It's just like, dude, somebody got raped. Like, what the fuck? Well, she's not a human being. She's so out of touch with her humanity. Yeah. She's not humanity first. No. No. <laughs> no. But no, she's Hillary first. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, she's trolling from the outside, you know? Yes. Trying and, to, and she's like, getting sued by Tilda Gabbard. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Which is good, because she's a bitter, bitter, bitter person. Yeah. Um, well, also, I mean, I'd like to say even Obama was not campaigning saying, hey, I'm black. You should vote for me if you're black. It was implied in terms of in the community. A lot of folks did, yeah. No, but they yeah. did it without him saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was still actually had real talking points that he was going for. Yeah. But anyways, um, this has been super fun. Yes, it has. It has been fun. Yeah. Hopefully it was informative to our listeners. Yeah, maybe in the next episode we'll... Um, you know what we could do is we can what we should do is we should look at what the uh, po- other politicians are saying, mm-hmm. and then seeing what Andrew Yang is saying, and then we can have some kind of like face off with facts and Ooh, talking I points. I started yeah. that. Well, yeah. we should have done yeah. it for like the last debate because he yeah. wasn't on the debate stage. He'll be back on the next one, but yeah, it was just like it was irritating when like the last debate was so sad. You know, it was so sad, especially with like the. Elizabeth Warren thing with uh, Sanders trying to mm. screw him over and like it was just it just seemed like there was no like soul there and I, I feel like Andrew Yang coming back will will bring the soul back to this uh, to this yeah to I, these I think he'll he'll be on the next debate stage he's only got one he uh, actually 
but while we were getting ready for this, mm. he got his third qualifying Yay. national poll. So, awesome. yeah, he's only got one more poll. There we go. And it'll be it. All right. Well, with that, we're out of here. Thank <laughs> you.